The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Friday Eve, everybody. D-Gun, RL is hanging out with you on this Thursday, all the way up to May 25th. There's less than a week left in the month of May. D-Gun, what's up? Not not just the month of May, but... The greatest month ever. Thank you. Month yes. of May is the greatest month ever. My man, it's a great day, man. Uh, yes. I, had to, I just rushed back, as you know. Uh, I had to go to my four-year-old grandson's preschool graduation. Do let yes. me say so. Yes, watching a bunch of four-year-olds on stage and <laughs> teachers trying to control them, dude. It's and my and my four-year-old grandson, he's all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. And they have they sing these songs and they do these motions and stuff. But these teachers are so good with these kids and so patient. Right. And, and I have a, I have a special affection for teachers as it is because my mom was a teacher and had a number of aunts uh, who were teachers as well. Yep. And. You know, unfortunately, we live in a day and age where there's such a dire need for teachers that they, they, m- most schools across the country um, are understaffed. And, and I understand why, you know, you look at the videos that come across on social media, kids disrespecting teachers in the classroom, um, swinging at teachers, uh, teachers can't control kids. And when my mom taught, you know, your my, my mom in her era, you can grab a kid and correct them. Like you could, you know, paddle their hand and stuff like that. You look at a kid wrong nowadays, and and the, and the parent is suing the school in the school district. Yep. And that's the problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. These these kids, a lot of these kids are out of control, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it starts in the home, and I understand. You know, people have to work. Some people two and three, four jobs. I get it, but. When you train them right when they're young, it carries over, you know, manners, respect, you know. Um, you know, when you go out in public, Rob, think about some of the things you see, like, young kids do, teenagers do, man, some of the stuff they say. And it's like, man, if if, if I did that in my era, my, I wouldn't be here today. My parents would have sent me to the next to the next universe, man. 
Well, I was so my parents always took the word of the teacher. Like if I would come up, oh, they'd be like, okay. Uh, now, yeah. every every parent errs on the side of the kid. You know what I mean? Like there, my mine took no nonsense. Like there would be there'd be a conversation had immediately if I if I acted up. I, I can tell you that it, it it would be immediate and swift the justice that was handed down to me. I can tell, tell me you about that. It. Yeah. As a grown man, I would never, I would never, I've never said anything that ever disrespected my parents when they were alive. Even if I didn't disagree with them, there's a way to debate with respect. You know, you're, you're people now dropping F-bombs at their parents and stuff like that, even in public. And I'm thinking, you know, you just take them and you want to knock the soul out of some of these kids. Right. And you look at the, the, the kids are running the classrooms now. I have a cousin and he's, um, like the head of security at a high school in my hometown, Milwaukee. And some of the stories he tells me about breaking up fights in the hallway, pulling kids out of classrooms, you know, um, a lot of times classes have to stop because of the disruption in a classroom. Man, there ain't no way in the world that would have happened in my era, dude. There yeah. ain't no way. It's just, it is different. And and teachers are in a really tough spot yes. um, because. Yes. They're not paid enough, first of all. Yeah. They don't get the support from from homes like they like they should like we did. Mm-hmm. When we were coming, dude. I was at a point, dude. Now, it's funny. I was real tough on my kids when it comes to. I better not get a call from your teachers uh, saying you're acting up in class. That was standard in the house, and it never did. So about well, I say maybe about seven eight years ago, we were cleaning out. My wife and, and daughters to clean out a basement. They found one of my old middle school report cards. Right. <laughs> I had an effing conduct, <laughs> but it was not out of disrespect. I was a class clown. I would yeah. make people laugh. And then and when, it, and I was at a Catholic school and the nuns were turning, who is that? And my voice would be like, that's Derek. They, they dime you out in a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. And and Mr. Gunn, would you like to come up to the front of the class? No, I don't want to come up to the, but I was a class clown. Mm-hmm. And even when I was good, when my wife, my, when my mom would go to parent teacher conference, I was sweating bullets because the nuns would tell it. From my version, they would embellish the story. By the time my mom got home to tell my dad the story, would it be embellished twofold? Oh, yeah. I was dead to rights. Uh-huh. Ain't nothing I can do. You know? I know, I know. That, and that was the worst. Man. The worst feeling was waiting till your dad got home or whatever, man. Woo! Or either what? either one of them, really. What? Yeah, it was. I think I got one spanking as a grade schooler when my mom said, wait till your dad gets something. I think one. It only took one time because when my dad hit you, it was like thunder going through your backside. Yeah. And so you remember that feeling, and you didn't want that. Yeah, I know. I know, man. I know. What's up, everybody? See Sweenbowl, see CJ, see Brendan. Uh, good to see Brendan uh, hanging out with us. I see Barbara. I see Tyler. I see Chris D. I see Mike. Uh, Mr. Taz. Uh, everybody. If I missed anybody, they're going fast and furious, and you guys are the best, man. But love, uh, love everybody checking in. Everybody hanging yeah. out with us on this day. So it went well. He graduated Right. Graduated from fourth grade. Right now, they're all at this uh, restaurant celebrating. I had to get my food to run, so in commercial breaks, I will be indulging in these tacos, uh, refried beans, and Spanish rice that is sitting to my left. Again, again. So if you, if you come back from a break and you see my jaws full like a chipmunk, you know I this I can smell it, man. This the the, the, the you know this. The, the spirit is wrong. It, it, the spirit is strong, but the flesh is weak. Oh, my God. All right. I'm so, having struggles right now, bro. Derek rubbing it in once again. All right. Um, so, uh-huh. yes, it looks good. Uh-huh. Good, good for you. Uh-huh. Yeah, what else is new? Um, so, 
we we were sitting here yesterday. We signed off at three o'clock Eastern, uh, and the Phillies at that point were down five nothing, Derek, and it looked like here we go again. Yes, this thing's over. Um, but to their credit, the bullpen went five innings, didn't give up a run. The they chipped away and got a three spot. Yes. Got to the bottom of the ninth, two outs. Trey Turner up, two run shot, which he desperately needed. They desperately needed uh, in the worst of ways. It got to the 10th. Phillies won it in the 10th. Now, big picture, they won one of three games. But more sort of micro, macro, however you want to look at it. They needed to win bad. They needed to stop the bleeding. And that guy, more than anybody else, needed a big hit. And he he delivered it. And it could be. I'm not – I need to see it before I believe it. However, could be the case – the two months from now, we're going to say to ourselves, you remember that afternoon game where the Phillies came back mm. against the Diamondbacks? Yeah. And that really got the ball rolling here at the end of May. Remember that one? It could be that kind of game because it was that sort of momentous, you know, swing uh, that, that they they haven't, have had so little of this season. Did you, did you see the comment from Trey Turner where he said, even his mom texted him and told him she was booing him? Yeah. <laughs> After the at-bat before that. So it, it, for po- folks who didn't see it, he had maybe the worst at-bat of his life. He he swung at a ball that was, was – Oh, my goodness. I mean, nowhere near the strike two, zone. Two balls. Two. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, oh, my God, this guy's really lost. So, yeah, he was really funny afterwards because he was asked about the booze, and he said, no, listen, I, I don't hear them. My mom prepared me for, for anything in life. And then the follow-up was, did mom ever boo you? And then his answer was – she texted me that she was booing me after that fourth at bat. I mean, a good sense of humor. The guy puts things in perspective. I'll give him that much. You know, he he's he's able to kind of laugh at himself. I mean, you have to. I mean, when things are going bad, what are you going to do? You're not you're not going to correct it by lashing out at people, right? And as we know, baseball is a game of, of, of ebbs and flows, and. You know, every every hitter goes into a, a tailspin, and you have to swing your way out of it. You know, you get in the batting cage early. You work on mechanics, the stance, you know, arc arc of your swing, so on and so forth. It's just a matter of time. But if there's anybody who needed a big hit, considering how things were going, it's to the point now the fans are even booing Trey Turner. Yeah. You mean the one that they couldn't wait to see who came out of the World Baseball Classic who hit a definitive home run in that game, who started out the season on fire. Even the fans are now booing Trey Turner. So mm-hmm. he, he needed that. Now, like you said, they're about to embark, starting today, on a crucial seven-game series against Atlanta and the Mets. One team's ahead of them, or two teams that are ahead of them. They, they've got to make some headway right now. Mm-hmm. No more excuses. you got to yeah. make some headway. I hear you. I hear you. All right, so a couple other odds and ends here. we got game five of the Heat-Celtic series. This game goes back to Boston. Derek, I I think the Celtics win this one tonight. I think this thing stays alive. Um, I looked at the spread earlier. Boston's minus eight. That's a monstrous line. Yeah, it is. Vegas is yes, telling you is. something here. Yeah, it is. And we talked about this yesterday. I honestly believe Boston's going to win this game tonight and force a game six. Now, I don't know yeah. if it'll go beyond game six. But I think that egg, that egg on their faces for Monday night, had an impact on them, pride and everything else. 
and they showed it. They turned around. They played the kind of defense that Boston had been playing throughout the uh, the playoffs. They hit the they hit the shots from beyond the arc. Somehow, Jason Tatum was resurrected and found his jump shot. And I think going home tonight in front of that home crowd is going to do wonders for them um, and push it to a game six. Now, if they go to game six and somehow, some way, Miami messes around and allows that one, Boston's going to come back and win the series. I agree. It gets to seven. I think Boston wins. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Now, that's an advantage for Denver. Well, even if Miami wins, it's an advantage for Denver because Denver's sitting at home drinking Mai Tais <laughs> under umbrellas and stuff, swimming at the pool, yeah. waiting to find out who they're going to play. Yeah, it's going to be a long, long time off. That's for sure for them. All right, so that's tonight. Speaking of Florida teams, the Florida Panthers uh, have advanced the Stanley Cup Finals. They swept out, and it was in impressive fashion. That game was back and forth last night, but the Carolina Hurricanes. You know that – I don't know if people have been Flyers fans have been paying attention to this, but Sergei Bobrovsky yeah. is the goalie for the Panthers, former Flyer, and yeah. he's been nothing short of great in yes. his playoffs and in yes. the series. Yeah, he's been awesome. Why did the Flyers give up on him? That can you was, explain that to me? I can tell you exactly what happened. So Ed Snyder was really kind of frustrated. He was Ed Snyder was still you know around at this point, um, and he he just didn't feel like Sergey Bobrovsky was the kind of guy you could win a Stanley Cup with. And he basically gave a mandate to the front office and said, "Get us Ilya Brizgalov." Mm. We all know how that worked out. Mm. The Briz. Yeah, it did not work out uh, too well. And, you know, Bobrovsky's had a nice career. Went to uh, Columbus, kind of bounced around a little bit, but he's really found a home there in Florida. And I'll tell you, they're tough, man. They are. They are tough. Man. Matthew Kachuk has been ridiculous in this series. Keith Kachuk's son, uh, he's been flat out awesome. So they're – if it, now tonight, uh, the Golden Knights of Vegas can sweep out the Dallas Stars. Right. You could, you could have a – a Stanley Cup final with a team from Florida and a team from Vegas. The times that's they, all have, right. they have changed, my friend. Yeah, but you know what? That, that's all right, though. I mean, I know a lot of ways the networks want the traditional matchups because the first thing that they're thinking is, you know what? The bigger the market, the more people we get to watch. But I like this infusion of different teams getting there. Just from a sports fan perspective, yeah. Yeah. don't have a rooting interest for either team. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's two good teams who earn the right to be there. Florida, the first time in 26 years they're getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. I remember covering Florida when I worked in Pittsburgh when I was covering the Penguins. Man, I had to go down to Florida um, when when the when the uh, Penguins were playing. And at that time, I don't know how it started, but whenever the um, the Panthers would score a goal, the crowd would rain down these rubber rats on the ice. That was for Scott Mellenby. His nickname okay. was 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 the Rat. Yeah, yeah, they were raining them down. Over I mean, flyer. dude, I mean, rain them down. The game had to be stopped. You'd have to get several guys out there with shovels, scoop them up, and you go in the tunnels. And the dude, I'm telling you, there would be a pile like you wouldn't believe, taller than you. I'm talking talking about taller than five feet high. I believe. And here's here's the funny thing. You know, you're standing there, you're looking at this pile, you know, in in, in awe and amazement, and all of a sudden you notice there's actually real rats playing in the rubber rats, mm-hmm. like a playground. And, and I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about multiple rats dancing in and out of the rubber rats. And you're standing there. Women are freaking out. Oh. Guys are standing there laughing and like and their mouths gaping open. And I'm thinking, how do they allow this here? I have no. Oof. Oof. I, was, I was gross, man. I'm like, how yeah. do you allow this? Because I'm telling you, if somebody gets bit, lawsuit. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know? oof. Yeah, so they're going to play it. We'll see if they if they can advance tonight. That'll be your Stanley Cup Finals. Um, 
Beyond that, there are a couple other things. I saw this. I thought it was interesting. So the Eagles have their OTAs next week, and they've had a couple of veterans uh, meeting uh, you know, with the media the last couple of days. And yeah, uh, Dan's right. Big Sills is right. Paul Maurice has done an amazing job with the Panthers. Couldn't agree more. No uh, he, he's, you know, I, I'm happy for that guy. He's been around a long time. So um, anyway, so the Eagles have their um, season opener, as we talked about at New England. Did you see this? So that the ticket for that game is the most in-demand NFL ticket on the secondary market. Say it, that again. The, the demand on the secondary market for, for a ticket for that game between the yeah. Eagles and the Patriots, because it's Tom yeah. Brady night, it's yep. the opener, all that kind of thing, yep. is higher than any other ticket out there for, for any opener in the NFL, any of the other matchups in the secondary market. Are you surprised? I'm not. Here's why I'm not surprised. Number one, the Eagles are coming off a Super Bowl, champ, a, a Super Bowl run. Didn't yep. win it, but a run. It's the Patriots. It's Tom Brady night and the Eagles travel, I would argue better than any team in the NFL. So I'm yeah. not surprised one bit. Did it surprise you? No, no. When you have the goat on stage, that's, you know, whether you like him or not, that's an instant draw. Yep. Uh, the Eagles have become one of the hot commodities to watch and talk about in the national football league and to open up the season, especially in Tom Brady's former backyard against the hated evil empire. It's the perfect, it's the perfect scenario. Yeah. You know, and when you think about the Patriots, they're not just a Boston team. It's a new England team. So there are several States that gravitates towards the new England Patriots. They call them their team. So no, I'm not surprised in any way, shape or form that this game has, has already become a powder keg in, in terms of people wanting to say they were there. I mean, think about how many big moments in sports. And we used to joke about this all the time at NBC Sports. When you talk about them and people say, oh, yeah, I was there. And you're like, man, I bet you weren't even close. So you're probably sitting in front of a TV somewhere. But everybody wants to say they were there for that special moment. And let's face it, people want to celebrate, you know, Tom Brady, what he did for the New England Patriots, the pride that he gave that organization for so many years, you know, getting them to 10 Super Bowls, winning seven, you know, winning six, I should say. Um yeah, so I understand. It's it's a great matchup. I I think so too. And you know, Barbara says the Patriots aren't very good. Well, here's what I would say, Barbara, to that. Uh, I I think a lot of this depends on what Bill O'Brien can get out of Mac Jones. Uh, right. I think the, you, if you watch, they were pretty good defensively last year. Um, and Belichick check teams are usually pretty good. I don't know. New England is is one of those sort of wild card teams for me. They could be just mediocre again yeah, like they were yeah. last year and not good enough to get in the playoffs. Or if they get the offense righted, I think they're dangerous. The problem is they're in a really tough division. That division, I mean, is loaded, is loaded. now. Yeah, yeah. And adding Aaron Rodgers and that nucleus yeah. there with the Jets only makes it worse. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've said several times over the past couple of weeks, a Bill Belichick defense will show up on the field. Now, we looked at yesterday or the day before the collection of pass catchers they have now. Um, you know, Juju Smith, Schuster, Miko uh, Hartman, stuff like that. No, Miko Hartman's with the Jets. Yep. But they have a they have a decent collection. Yeah, they added some pass catchers. They added Kaseki as a tight end. Yeah. They, they added they, they've, they've got a couple of good tight ends. They have Hunter Henry. Yep. They've got a couple of good tight ends. Can Bill O'Brien bring out that next level in Mac Jones? Yeah. The way Brian Dable did with, with Daniel Jones. Um, we, we're not, we're not going to find that out, but 
that, that defense is going to keep them in games and give the offense opportunities to win. Will they be cohesive enough on the offensive side of the football to get it done? Eh, we're going to see. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Tyler has a question um, regarding DJ Fluker. And what do I think? Um, I think it's a depth move, Tyler, I, if they sign him. Uh, for people who don't know, they, they worked him out. Uh, he apparently has dropped a lot of weight and is in as, as good a shape he's, he's been in in a really long time. Uh, he's an offensive lineman for folks who, who may not know. But um, I, I think they they realize they don't have great depth. You know, you talk about a guy who, you know, hasn't played football in a while here. Um, you know, he was signed mm-hmm. in, in late December to the Jags practice squad and released three days later. Um, that was late December of 21. He hasn't mm-hmm. played since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if he's kind of dedicated himself differently um, to the craft. Maybe you be talking about a guy with legitimate size. Yeah. He's a really big man, six, five, three thirty. Apparently he's down, you know, around 300, but there's some versatility. You can move him around a little bit. I, I think it's a, it can't hurt. And look, the thing is Jeff Stoutland coached him at Bama. So he knows him pretty well. And, and I think he'll, He'll have an idea how much the guy left has left in the tank. So I, I think it's I'm fine with it. Like to me, kick tires by all means. No, I, see what I you agree. got. You know what? And if anybody can coach him up, it's Jeff Stoutland. Yeah. You know, and who knows? I mean, he could be. He could. He could add, add to that depth that we were talking about that we were suspect about the other day. You know, we know they have Opeta there. We know they have Driscoll there. We know Driscoll's better suited at guard than he is playing at tackle. Yep. Um, Fluker could be this guy that could be that diamond in a rough, you know, the Eagles have done wonders in terms of, of coaching up offensive linemen. And I'm not talking about just starters, but when a starter goes down, a guy can come in and fill the void and they don't miss a beat in terms of what they need to do. You look at how many teams they played last year when a tackle went down for them or a guard went down, the, the Eagles exploited that weakness in that defense. When the Eagles have had offensive linemen go down, you don't exploit it. Now, it may not be as crisp as that frontline guy, but it doesn't stop them from doing what they need to do in terms of being efficient as an offense. There's 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 no spoke in the wheel that, that's out of out of sync with them, you know. And and that's credit to Jeff Stoutland for what he does, not just coaching them up, but cross-training them to fill multiple gaps. Fluker could be a guy who could be a valuable backup as, asset to this team. Yeah, but understand it is a bit of a reclamation project. It is. It yeah, is. But they do need depth. We went through the depth uh, yesterday, um, and it's – I don't love it. And it's the big – It's to me, it's the most glaring difference between this year's team and last year's team. They were loaded depth-wise at, at almost every position. Now, that's really hard to do with a salary cap and in this yes. day and age. It's really yeah. hard. Um, but I think – you know, that this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to just gather as much intel and look at as many people as they can to add to it because they do need a little bit of help there. Um, and, you know, this was a highly touted guy. He never lived up to the promise when he came out uh, with where the Chargers took him. He was a, he was the 11th pick overall. Yeah. But yeah. now we're going back to 2013. So he's yeah. been around a little while. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm Look, I trust them enough to know – they know what they're looking at, especially at that position, um, especially with a guy like Statland. So, yep. you know, by all means, I, I, I have no issue with that. Uh, so the OTAs kick off next week, Derek. And then right. we, we mentioned they go lighter pretty much than any other team does. Um, and it's worked for them. So I don't 
I'm fine. You know, they, I trust them as far as that goes. I know a lot of people don't like it, uh, but that's, you know, it's all good as far as that goes. What a couple things that you and I were talking about pre-show we're going over. I, Pat McAfee is about to start at ESPN right? Um, and leave his, I think it was, it was direct TV. I think is who he was with, or was it FanDuel? I'm trying to remember who, whoever he was with, but it, he was making 30 million per year. He had a four year, $120 million deal. And Obviously, he got a he got a lot more to to leave. He's basically taking over like ESPN's afternoon programming, and, right. and what he's done uh, up until this point, where he went with ESPN, kind of on his own, has been pretty remarkable, and it, it has really oh, shaped our, our business in a lot of ways. But the offshoot of this is, and it's not just this was happening before the McAfee signing, right? ESPN is laying off seven thousand people, Derek, worldwide, worldwide. Yeah. Um, it not it's going to be behind the scenes and in front of the camera. It's a lot of folks losing jobs. Well, the first the first bloodletting began back on April twenty fourth, yep. and the second wave of it is coming in June. And some talent is going to be hit, but you know, let's face it, talent's going to find jobs. It's the people behind the scenes, and and, and that's where they're going to get hit the hardest. It's the videographers, the graphic people, salespeople, uh, marketing people. Uh, floor directors, directors, producers. Those are the people who who went to ESPN and have been there for years because ESPN is still considered the epitome of, of a, a sports entity you want to work for to have that on your resume. And a lot of those people, as you know, because you work there, are from that area. Yep. So it's going to force a lot of people to reroute their lives, many of which may have to move to parts of the parts of, uh, different parts of the country. They don't want to. Mm-hmm. but you got a family to take care of, or you got bills to pay. Even if you're single, you got bills to pay. Yep. And it's going to force you out um, in a lot of ways. Now we understand that we start, we start seeing a lot of this back in 2016. Heck, it started at Comcast Sportsnet. Started when, at the regionals at the regional yeah, level. At yeah. the regional. And, started and with a lot of our colleagues. Yeah. 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 You know, how many times did we walk in the office and see colleagues standing there crying because they thought they were going to work that day. Or carrying a box out. And carrying with, a box with, out with crying. Because yeah. they told today's your, your last day. You're not working today. Yeah. You know, there's no warning. Just side side mm-hmm. swiped. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it, it continues in every corporation, not just in television, but yeah. across uh, across every platform you can think of. Yep. Has whacked employees left and right. Here's the problem I have. You whack the little guys who help make your network what it is. The the people who don't get the notoriety, the people whose faces are not on camera are as much, if not more important, than the people sitting in front of a camera because without those people, you can't get it done. Without those people doing the stats and the graphics and updating you on storylines, it makes us in front of a camera look a lot smarter, okay? And now you're, you're you're cutting the cords with these people, but yet you're paying the likes of Troy Aikman, 18 million a year, Joe Buck, 15 million a year, Stephen A. Smith, $15 million a year. I'm not saying they're not worth the money. Because you know, you know me, Rob. My 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 adage always is, yeah, whatever you can make in, in this life, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're making it by uh, honest means, yeah. God bless you. Make what you can as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But the people that help make the big people who they are, you're basically crapping on them. Yeah, it's t- that's the toughest. And it's part. sad. It's it really is. is sad, dude. It is, no question. All right, let's get a timeout, uh, Derek. Let's come back. We're going to talk to our guy, Seth Joyner. Uh, Looking forward to talking to Seth, get his thoughts on the Eagles defense and the outlook for this upcoming season. So don't go anywhere. Seth 
with us when we come back. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is a sponsor of the station, and we're thrilled. We're thrilled that they're a part of Sports Take and Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Uh, they've been family-owned since 1985. I've been going there since then. Alex and his crew are just the best. Open seven days a week. Fresh food daily. How about the flour flown in from Italy? Yeah, they do not mess around. They offer 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. I go to the upside down every single time. That's my favorite. But they have the you name it, we'll make it. You call up, put a request in for a certain style of pizza. They will specialize it your way. But they don't just do pizza. They do pasta. They do sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. In fact, they raised money for the Eagles Autism Challenge a couple of weeks back. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram or Facebook for daily specials, promotions, of the menu. 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Or give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. 
Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We are joined uh, by our next guest uh, who played for the Eagles from 1986 through 93. He is a Super Bowl champion. He is a two-time second team all pro 91 and 92 three-time pro bowler he was he's on the Philadelphia Eagles 75th anniversary team and their hall of fame and should be in the pro football hall of fame the one and only Seth Joyner Seth what's going on my man how you doing what's happening gents Seth all good always good day when we get to talk to you my absolutely man. hey, hey uh, Seth, Seth I gotta ask you I know I know we're yeah. gonna talk Eagles but I gotta ask you this because this has been brought up a number of times and I'm and I'm on board with this and I've told you this to your face many times does it bother you that you haven't been given your just due in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? No, it can't bother you. I, I think, you know, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, you know, I, I my contention has always been that, um, you know, you have outside sources that are validating your worth, whether you deserve to be there or not. Um, and, you know, that's always a tricky thing when – you have objective minds, you know, that say this guy is worthy, this guy isn't, that guy isn't, you know. So, you know, I I, I was on with Dan Cilio um, a couple of days ago, and I told him, I'll tell you guys the same exact thing. You know, I never, I didn't fall in love with football for any accolades at all. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I really didn't know a whole lot about the Hall of Fame, you know, when I first became a professional, you know, athlete. Um it just, it wasn't something that was on my radar. Um, and I never played to be, you know, a Hall of Famer. I never played. I just played because I loved the game and I played the game, um, you know, to maximize my talents and my ability and to live my dream of being, you know, a professional football player. Mm. Okay. Uh, just to, to stay on that for one second, Seth, and I'm going to ex- exclude Reggie White because I'm going to assume that that would be your answer. If I'm, if I'm presumptuous, you tell me, but Take Reggie out of it. Most dominant player that you played with. Oh, wow. Um, that I played with. Um, I'd probably just have to go down the line and go to Jerome. That's mm. why I, 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 see, I, just, I see the, the jersey <clears throat> over your shoulder and just. Yeah, just, I, I just think that, yeah. you know, if we don't lose him, he's a Hall of Famer. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was that good. I don't think people really you know, cherished or understood um, how good he actually was. Because, you know, even in today's game, and this is why, you know, I like Jalen Carter so much, at the defensive tackle position, nine times out of ten, you're either a run stopper or a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. It's very rare that you find guys like Aaron Donald, um, you know, Jerome Brown, Warren Sapp, um, you know, guys like that that can do it all. It's very rare. And, you know, Jerome was at the forefront of that. Um, I mean, even before then, I'm trying to think about guys who played before our era, um, maybe a Howie Long, um, you know, guys playing during our era, maybe a John Randall. I mean, I, I mean, I'm pulling these names out because, you know, I've had, you know, this conversation before. Mm-hmm. But if you really stop and think about it, you know, the full boat, the generational defensive tackle, how often do, you know, you see that guy? And, you know, at that time, it was 
it was very uh, unusual. Um, he was just that dominant. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figured, I figured as much. I, I, any kind of Jerome stories I can get, I love. So uh, let me, <laughs> let, let's talk, you brought up Jalen Carter and I know, you know, we talked draft night and we were all pleasantly surprised that he fell to where he fell. Um, do you expect him to not skip a beat set and be that guy right away, right out of the shoot? Or is it going to take somebody like that a little while to get adapted to the pro game? Well, I think that, you know, every player, young player who comes into the national football league has to grow into uh, the role of, being a national football um, league player opposed to an NCAA player. That's just, that's a natural deal. But I think that these players today are better and more equipped to make that transition than they were in my day. Um, Some people will say it's the money. Um, I will say that I believe that, you know, today's athletes are a little more um, groomed, prepared, Physically, um, the college game translates in a lot of ways to the pro game, the way that it's played nowadays. Um, But the fact that, you know, training is different and nutrition is different and all of these things play a role in in how quickly uh, guys can make that transition. Mm -hmm. I I think there'll be a little bit of a learning curve. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if they've got enough depth at the position, you don't have to really rely on him right out the gate. I think that Milton Williams, you know, should be the lead guy and Milton Williams should be the guy um, that that's the starter. But it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me one bit, you know, to see them throw him right in the fray, you know, after watching him, you know, play a couple of preseason games, because I think he's that good. Hey, Seth, um, I look at the the influence that Georgia now has on this Eagles defense and Jordan Davis in particular, he played 25, 26% of the snaps last year, primarily because he had two different sets of injuries. It it cost him valuable playing time. All right. When you're drafted that high, he's got the one year under his belt now, even though it was a limited role, how much more does he have to play to satisfy you? in terms of getting a high draft pick on the field to truly showcase what he can or cannot do? Well, I think the dynamics have changed, you know, from a playing percentage standpoint. I don't think Fletcher Cox plays any more than 50, 55% of the plays. Right. Um, I wouldn't expect Jordan Davis unless you get him down to, you know, 320 pounds and, um, you know, you, you get him in, you know, tip top shape and he has his pro body, I wouldn't expect for him to play, you know, any more than 50% of the play mm. just because of, you know, his weight. Um, but, you know, th- they need a lot more production out of him being mm-hmm. drafted, you know, and moving up to where they had to move up to get him. Um, that's that to me is a major issue. I mean, I think you saw where Howie said in the past, well, last year when they were talking, talking in the, in the war room, um, you know, he got some intel from, you know, some of his, um, from some of his scouts that, oh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't rush the passer. He can't rush the passer. And Howard's response was, well, why? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they don't really, they didn't ask him to do that at Georgia at 355 pounds. That's a lot harder to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, therein lies your answer. But I think, you know, it's a 
it's a misstep at 13 to take him if he can't evolve into a pass rushing defensive tackle. He can't you 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 couldn't move up to 13 and trade what you trade to go up and get him for him just to be a first and second down player. Mm. Um, you know, or the guy that fits into your 50 front, you know, when you have struggling to stop the run on first and second down in your in your 40 front. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I just I think that, you know, I, I this rotation thing that these teams are doing now, I think that they feel like um, I think the sports science and all that kind of stuff says that, you know, when guys get over a certain percentage of plays and so on and so forth, that the analytics say that the probability of injury goes up. I think all of these factors, you know, factor into, you know, how much a player actually plays, which is mm -hmm. like insane to me because offensive linemen play every damn play. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we act like they're not doing anything out there. You know, <laughs> those guys said, uh, let's go right into your wheelhouse, man. N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean at the, at the middle linebacker spot. We didn't see him. We saw him special teams. We didn't see him much as a player. The Eagles had, you know, guys in front of him. He said he he look I he, he said he didn't want, he wanted to play last year he understood but he's ready to roll. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? How good do you think he can be? And are you are you trusting in that? Well, I, I was impressed by the little bit of playing time that he got. The one thing the kid does is he's around the football. Um, you know, he, he makes plays. Um, I think I don't think the passing game is going to be so much of a struggle or an issue for him so much more than the running game is going to be, especially in their 40 front. The Eagles struggled to stop the run last year when teams really wanted to run the football. I think they ranked like 18th, 19th, somewhere mm -hmm. along there. Most people say, oh, but that's middle of the road. But, you know, the same thing that the same issues that plagued them and we talked about last year, as good as they were on defense, is the same things that cost them, you know, the Super Bowl. Because in my opinion, Kansas City came out with a mindset to stop the, to to run the football in the second half, right? And that spurred their offense, you know, on to being able to do what we witnessed them doing, scoring four to six times in the second half. Um, I don't care. You, you can talk about seventy sacks all you want, but if you can't get down to holding teams, you know, if you're not a top five team, in my opinion, versus the run. Um, you're going to experience some problems because if teams can start running the ball, then that's going to open up their play, their play action mm -hmm. passing in their passing game the way that it did in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid was masterful at mm -hmm. creating that. Um, so I think that one of the things that, you know, that I'm really looking for to see from the Kobe Dean is how he fits, you know, in the run defense, particularly in the four-man front, because you can hide him in the five-man front. There's things that you can do. You can give him one gap when you got five guys across the board. Um, one gap to flow. Flow, play to you. You're responsible for one gap. Play away. You're flowing to the ball. You have no gap responsibility. That's easy. But when you get into your four-man front, you know, you always have two gap responsibilities. You know, you've got a gap on the play side and you've got a gap on play away before you can actually flow to the ball, you know, going outside. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's going to be the um, the thing that that I'm going to be watching the most is how he handles the run. And I think one of the reasons why, you know, the Eagles have struggled so much 
um, against the runs because they don't have great playmaking linebackers. You mm-hmm. know, and you talk about TJ Edwards and all his you know, his ability to get guys lined up. That's great. You got to have a guy that can do that. You can talk about, you know, the 130, 40 tackles last year. That's great. But do you have playmakers there? Um, do you have guys that can fill gaps and fill holes and know where they're supposed to fit? And I would tell you that, you know, a lot of TJ Edwards tackles were tackles down the field after four or five yards, you know, in the running game. You know, you got to be able to, to, to build a wall at the line of scrimmage and be able to stop people for one, two yard gains, you know, no yard or minus tackle for a loss. And you just didn't see a lot of that from the linebackers last year. Seth, this team was able to bring back the likes of Bradbury, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, which surprised us in a lot of ways. You know, they lost the top five tacklers on defense. So when you take into consideration, they brought back some of the old guard. You have an influx of new young kids coming in and you have a new defensive coordinator plus a multitude of coaches on the defensive side of the football. How long do you think, especially with the limited amount of practices, they're not even having a mandatory camp now. So it's OTAs, training camp, game. How long do you think it'll take before it meshes the coaches understanding how to use their personnel and the personnel understanding their role within the structure of Sean Desai and Matt Patricia's defensive scheme? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I was just talking about this the other day. A lot is going to have to do with how much of the terminology, how much of the scheme from Jonathan Gannon and what he used being a guy being a um, a Vic Fangio guy, mm-hmm. how much of that can be applied, picked up, deciphered, you know, and digested um, early? Because, you know, you, you go back to last year, none of the starters played in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, the team got off to a good start because, you know, they pretty much had some cream puffs at the beginning of the year. But mm-hmm. it took a little bit of time for the defensive side of the ball to find its bearings and to, you know, kind of figure out what their identity was going to be. Um, They don't have such luck this year in the scheduling, and um, they got a a, a target on their back, having just gone Mm -hmm. to the Super Bowl, you know, and dominated the the National Football Conference. So um, it's tough. It's tough. I know that, you know, coaches have their own – coach speak, their own verbiage, their own, um, you know, way of doing things. And a lot will depend on um, how quickly they evolve in the preseason, how quickly they evolve in training camp. Because like you said, they just don't have the time that's necessary, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to be able to grow as a unit. And I think that, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that was made in, in the, the collective bargaining agreement is, is there's always, you know, going overboard. I understand why they wanted to, you know, take away from the coaches, the ability to say when a guy to involuntary, voluntary, you know, off season, mm-hmm. because there were coaches out there that were taking advantage of it and pushing guys too hard, too much um, requiring that they be there. If they weren't there, you know, you're probably wasn't going to be on the roster later on. Um, then you have to look at the other side. It's detrimental to the young guys because that means the young guys can't be around their coaches to actually learn yep. 
what it is that they need to to learn. You know, if a quarterback, if Jalen Hurts wants to come in and work with his quarterback coach, even if he wants to, he's not allowed to. Mm-hmm. To me, that's nonsensical. You know, if players want to get better and the coaches are part of what can help make them get better, just as long as they're, they're there because they want to be there, then what's the, what's the issue? You know, they always go overboard every single time that they fix something. There's this overboard, overstepping reach, you know, that you see. Um, I know for me, the most critical time in my career was that first offseason. I mean, I, I was there at the facility from the end of February through June and every coverage, every, we just went through everything. We watched film, we lift weights, we did field work, we did everything, anything that you can imagine. And that's what, you know, helped my growth really take off in year two and year three was because all of those fundamental things, you know, we had time to work on. I didn't have to go find someone off, you know, off campus to, to, to work with. I didn't have to, you know, work on it on my own. I had somebody, I had the coach's eyes looking at what I was doing and telling me what I was doing right and what I was doing wrong so I could make the corrections, you know, and ingrain it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, is there an air, is there anything on that side of the ball other than what we discussed, be it safety or anywhere else that you, that you're concerned with Seth as, as we go into the season? I'm, I'm concerned with safety yeah. because, yeah. you know, they're unproven. The two areas where I'm concerned on the defensive side of the ball is the linebackers, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and I'm concerned at safety. Now, they've got enough at both positions, I think, to create all the competition that one would need, and I love competition. It's one thing that Nick Sirianni is, is, is big on. I think you're going to have massive competition at the running back position. I think you're going to have massive competition at the linebacker position. And I think at the safety position and the cream should rise to the top and you should find the top guys at those positions, you know, that are going to get the lion's share of the playing time. Um, but until I can see what that looks like, um, it remains it's, and it's going to remain a, a concern for me. Seth, last question for me, because I know you got to get going, but I, I do believe this Eagles team is deep enough and good enough to win the division again and break that jinx of not having a team in the NFC East win the division back-to-back. But do you think when you look at the schedule, they're good enough to win 14 games again? Well, that little that little murderous roll stretch of five games after, yep. the, after the bye week, you know, that's concerning. So if they can get to that point and still be healthy or just be recovering from any kind of injuries they, that they potentially could have, then I say, yeah. Um, I, I think that they listen, they have the they have the ability, they have the potential, they have everything you need to win 14 plus games again. Mm, okay. The That's- the for me, the question is gonna be it, it, it always comes down to injuries. Right. Because if you lose a guy like Jalen Hurts for like five games, mm-hmm. if you lose a AJ Brown, if you lose a Dallas Goddard, if you lose a Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Um, Jordan Malata, if you lose one of those guys or two of those guys for an extended period of time, then you're going to have some issues because now you're asking the guys that back them up to come in and be who they are, and they're just not. There's a reason why guys are backups and guys are starters. Um, but they, they have all the talent in the world, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. What has changed on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, they were one of the most prolific offenses, you know, in the National Football League last year, number two 
by the time they got to the Super Bowl, they were tied with Kansas City for number one in offensive production last year. Um, so there's no change over there other than the fact that, you know, we got to figure out who the right guard is going to be um, and whether you can overcome, you know, any kind of knickknack injuries that might, you know, keep this team, that, that side of the ball from doing um, what they're doing. And someone, JM, just chimed in the running back room. Yeah, well, I mean, you got enough there that's going between – Gainwell, who came on at the end of the year, DeAndre Swift and Penny, and then you got the Giant Killer. There's going to be so much competition there that you're going to get the best of the best out of that position. Yep. I love Seth's a great guest because he also reads the chats. It's it's perfect, man. Seth, Seth multitasks while he's a guest on the show. He oh, is man. a veteran. Hey, listen, you, man. Know, you know what it comes from? It comes from doing my own <laughs> podcast by myself, which, by the way, I'm going to start back up this year. Nice. Doing my own podcast myself not having a producer behind the scenes that yep. feed me questions <laughs> but i'm reading the questions as i'm doing the show live yep. you know and picking and choosing which one i'm actually going to put up to answer so <laughs> i've learned how to multitask man. i hear you i hear you well listen I, I we appreciate you squeezing us in i know you got a lot going on Seth. uh we're looking forward to talking to you down the line man we're getting closer not that far away it's almost june my man i appreciate it Anytime, man. Hey, I apologize for, you know, giving have only being able to give you guys 25 minutes, man. But uh, we'll do it again. Let me know. Absolutely. Yeah, Take care, appreciate bro. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Yeah, have right. a good day. All right. You got Take it. care. That is Seth Joyner. Always insightful, Gunner. Always. Always, always bringing uh, – he, he is right. Like, uh, he brings up the uh, some of the collective bargaining stuff, you know, with the players. Like, if Jalen right. Hurts says, man, I really want to work with Brian Johnson today. I know it's uh, – I know it's April, but I I want to get some work in on certain things. Yeah, as long as guys like I get it, where where coaches and, and and organizations could pressure a guy into doing things they maybe don't want to, right? But that to me seems a little bit, you know, if, if you're I don't know how you do it, how you would regulate it, but it feels like they should be able to do that if they want to. It could just help these guys get better. Well, see, Seth brought up a valuable <laughs> point. The teams abuse the privilege for so long. Yeah that players were like just worn down by the time you get went from off season to mini camps, to mandatory OTAs, to training camp, to the regular season. And there had to be a balance. The players had to fight back. You're asking us to do more and, 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 and the amount of games keeps expanding. You know, we went from 12 games as a kid to 14, 16, now 17. Mm -hmm. And they're still talking about the possibility of an 18 game schedule. Mm -hmm. That's not off the table completely yet, you know, which is great from a fan's perspective, but from a football player's perspective, you're killing these guys, man. So their way to fight back was, well, if you're not going to give us certain concessions in the next bargaining agreement, then we need to have this. At least we need to have time to heal. Yeah. You know, you want us to perform at our best and to cut down on all these injuries, you need to give us something in return. And, of course, when the NFL compensated, you know, when they didn't give the, the uh, players the, the exact money they wanted, their compensation was, okay, we'll back off on your practicing. Now, right. I guarantee you, like you said, there's Jalen Hurts and a lot of players at which they could officially practice more, especially younger players or players making a transition from one NFL team to another to get better acclimated with the situation. But there's a lot more players that are taking advantage of this to actually get their bodies ready for what's mm -hmm. to come. Mm -hmm. We talk about the significant increase in the injuries, but if you look at the way training camps and things are stru structured now, players are at least healthier mentally and physically than they've ever been right. 
because of how they, 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 they the, the management and ownership and coaches have been forced to back off sure. I, how much they use these guys on the field. The thought is right. Like the thought process is right. Like the, the intent is there for, for all the right reasons to, to not abuse these guys and to help these guys along. And, right. and, and hopefully right. we'll start to see the benefits of this when these guys retire and guys who are, still, are currently playing retire, they're maybe not quite as in bad health. Yes. As some as some of the guys in the 70s and the 80s and 90s, et cetera. You hope. I mean, it's a violent game. There's only so many things you can do, uh, but you hope so. You hope that's the case. And let me, let me just uh, grab this. So game seven situation. Yeah. Please get Robin Gunner to read the chats because we actually care and support these guys. Um, we do read the chats, guys. Um, and we we will we will pull up a lot of uh, the comments at game seven. I don't know if you're new to the show, but we 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 absolutely read the chats, acknowledge the chats. And pull the chats up. If there's, if there's a, you know, a, a valid question or point or something, I'll either bring it up with the guest or we'll bring it up as a show or I'll pull up the comments. We do it all the time. So we, we do absolutely value uh, the support that we get So for whatever it's worth. So just wanted to put it out there. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen game seven before, so I'm assuming it's new to the show. Yeah. So, um, but that, that but, is how we operate. We, we, yeah. we, we appreciate and acknowledge everybody who's, who uh, takes the time to hang out with us. So yep. it's all good. Uh, but no, it was great getting his insights on that. And I look, I think he shares a lot of the same concerns we share. Um, you know, what's it going to look like from a linebacking and safety perspective? I think the other parts, defensive line is going to be fine. I, I, they may not get the same number of sacks, but the defensive line is going to be fine. Um, I think the corners are going to be fine, but it really comes down to those two positions, safety and linebacker and how quickly they acclimate, how quickly Sean Desai puts his fingerprints on this thing and they're able to play well because they have to play well early have to with this schedule. And, and I think, you know, and we've talked about our, our questions about the linebacking and the safety position. Yeah. Um, you don't think these better passing teams are going to try to exploit that all day long. The Kansas totally. cities, the Buffaloes, they're going to exploit that all day long. If the Eagles don't have an answer for it. Right. You know, so that is a major concern that could be the difference between winning and losing some of those key games, mm -hmm. you know, and we applaud the Eagles for having a very deep and talented roster on paper. But if that is your Achilles heel, even a mediocre team is going to be a lot closer to you in game situations. Yeah. We talked all season long about as good as that defense was teams that passed killed them over the middle of the field, whether it was mm -hmm. a tight end, a slot receiver, those teams were killing the Eagles in, in that aspect of the passing game, especially when Avante Maddox went down. When you didn't have him in the slot covering the slot receiver, man, was that a deficiency in their pass defense? If the front, if the front seven or front four couldn't get home, it, it was it was just up and dink and dump un, up up and down the field against this Eagles defense. And I can see more of that if they if they don't have a definitive answer this year for it. Yeah, I I, I think look. I really believe that this offense is going to be awesome. I agree with Seth. I think I think they're a top three offense, but there's a lot of pressure on this offense early. There is like they're going to have to really come out ready to rock and roll against these teams and, and score a lot early because I I think the defense is going to be playing catch up. So they're going to have to be on point right away. I think the defense will find its footing as we go, and hopefully when they hit that stretch that we're talking about out of the bye, which is really tough, they're ready to go by then. But I'm not sure they're going to be ready to go early. I I, I think it's going to take a little bit. I do too, because of all the new personnel, especially from a coaching structure yeah. on a defensive side. That offense has no excuse for not hitting the ground running. The only change on that offense is the right guard position. 
everybody else is back, mm-hmm. you know. And so th- there's, there's even, no matter how limited the practice time is for the offensive personnel, they know each other. They succeeded at a high level last year. In many cases, they were virtually unstoppable. I expect them to come out and be raring to go from day one. I, I do too. I do too. I mean, think about it. I, look, I'm not downplaying Isaac Sayamala, who was a nice player, but I think they'll figure that out, especially with the with the people around him and with the coach, the, the offensive line coach that they have. I think the running backs is just a matter of staying healthy. The nice thing is you have four guys that you you feel good about. Essentially, two guys in Boston Scott and Gainwell who were backups who were really good and capable. So I, I think they're going to be fine offensively. I think Devontae Smith Smith spoke about this yesterday. He he just and he I, I don't think it's bragging if you back it up and I believe him. He thinks he's one of the premier wide receivers in the game and I think he's going to be that much better because he has gotten stronger um, this upcoming season. I think he's going to be really good for them and I think same thing. He, AJ Brown's still twenty five. Yes, we forget how young these guys are. Yeah, in, in in a game like football, you have to have a certain amount of co- confidence and maybe it even borderlines cockiness. And I don't have a problem one iota with Devontae Smith saying that. Look at the numbers he put up in year two compared to his rookie campaign. Right. And I expect him to be even better this year, even if he still is slight of build, even if he doesn't put on weight. He's already shown he can take the hits. He he can survive the duration of a season. Um, and I expect him having another year with Jalen Hurts to be even better this year. Yeah. So if he feels like he's one of the best elite pass catchers in the game, more power to him. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times football is more mental than it is physical. If you don't think you can do it physically, a lot of times you can't get it done. It starts with your mental approach to the game. And he's right where he needs to be mentally in terms of approaching another season in the National Football League. Absolutely. So the, the offense should be one that is, uh, <laughs> bless you, comes out of the shoot really, really strong. All right. Uh, let's hit it. Let's come back. Uh, we'll mix in a little Sixers. So here's what we're going to do in our NFL segment at 2 o'clock, Derek. Looking yep. forward to this. We're going to get into quarterback storylines, meaning Russell Wilson. Can he regain his form with Sean Payton? Deshaun Watson, who we hardly talk about now. You know, what's that going to look like in Cleveland? Uh, is Justin Fields ready to take that next step to the next level? What is Jordan Love? Uh, Will Goff and Geno Smith, for example, follow up monster years last year with good years again we'll jump around a little bit to some of the quarterback stories around the league obviously we do hurts all the time so we'll we'll move on to some other guys but we'll hit all that uh when we come back so don't go anywhere come back a little sixers and a little phillies that's Derek gunn i'm rob ellis on this beautiful thursday we are sports take jacob sports youtube network let's talk about jim murray and principal financial group because you know let's think about it you work really hard and you want to be set up and taken care of the right way later in life. You want to be able to invest with someone that you trust. I trust Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. You will too. And he will be an absolute unbelievable resource for you going forward uh, for all the important stuff, uh, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business uh, and you're you know looking to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that he can help you with. I know I've entrusted my IRA my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, 
Jim at principal.com. That's Murray.jim at principal.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. What's up, everybody? Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Rob Ellis, Derek Dunn, hang with you on this Friday Eve, Thursday. We've got a big Memorial Day weekend plans, Gunner. What do we have going on? Nothing, really. Just casual family stuff. Um, working a, a, working around the patio deck, uh, putting up some uh, shades on the, on the uh, pergola and stuff like that. But we'll cook out, haven't decided. My wife wants to do like a chuck roast um, in a smoker or either in the Traeger, Traeger mm-hmm. uh uh, smokers well haven't decided yet i don't make decisions like that when see for me i'd rather just do burgers and dogs okay you know? i would but too. now yeah but see now my my wife and them they like to take it to another level so i don't know what's in store but um as you know i'm prepared i got five grills so i'm prepared to do whatever they want to do well that's why 
you being as skilled as you are on the grill hurts you. Yes. There's higher expectations. Yes. There's more that one that needs to be done out there. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a basic ham and egger, man. I'm out there. I'm out there burgering it and, and hot dogging it. And, and, and it's good enough for me. It works. And There's see, no way. I set the bar yeah. low, Derek. <laughs> well, after you almost set a, a, a gas grill on fire, I understand it's why. It's but, you know, it's supposed to be in the seventies all weekend. And you know me, the warmer it is, the more I love being outside. So that's perfect for me. You know, to be outside in the elements, working in the yard, working on the patio deck. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to it, you know. Uh, some people are like, oh, it's too hot to do this. No, no, it's never too hot for me to do anything. No, I, I like it, man. I like the warm. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the forecast. So, yeah, we're going to – boy, 73, 75, 77, 80. That's what we're getting the next uh, three, there four There you days. go. There you go. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. All right. Uh, Sixers. So – uh, you try to read between the tea leaves uh, of of all these insiders, right, and what they're reporting. So Brian Windhorst of ESPN said a couple things. Uh, he said that the Sixers, from what he's hearing, don't have the appetite to give Harden a max deal. Uh, Harden selling, and he also feels like Harden is selling the idea that Houston is interested a little bit too hard from what he's hearing around basketball circles. So I think what's happening is Harden's getting the, the sort of initial negotiating pushback from the Sixers a little bit, where maybe they're either offering three years or two years at less money than maybe he wants. And he's, you know, dangling, Hey, Houston's offering me this. So you guys better up your ante here. This is where I hope that Daryl Morey stays true and either, says, hey, if that's what they're offering you, great. Wish we could have done something. We can't. Mm-hmm. Nice knowing you. Mm-hmm. Or he sticks to his guns. This is all we're offering. Two years, take it or leave it. The problem is I think he will give in because of you know their relationship, because how, how, how friendly they are. If this is a marketing ploy on James Harden and his representations uh, side, it has been a very – a consistent marketing ploy because it started in December yep. around Christmas and the, exactly rumors, yeah. and, 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 the, and the rumors have continued to uh, trickle out throughout the latter half of the season and into the playoffs. You know, at, at one, at some point, somebody's going to call the others bluff. And, and I hope it's not the 76ers buckling in this situation uh, out of the fear that, man, we actually could lose James Harden. If James Harden gets a max, con- max contract from Houston, hey, thank you for your contributions. Good luck to you down in Houston with a b- rebuilding organization, plain and simple. Knowing that the Sixers could be worse off uh, in his absence, as, as crazy as that sounds, I'd much rather see them free that money up and, and bite the bullet yep. and, and weather the storm of an upcoming season that could be mediocre and then have more cap space next year to rebuild this thing the right way. Hopefully with James Hart, Hart uh, uh, with Joel Embiid still in the fold, mm-hmm. but I'm not giving Harden a max contract. And I understand, you know, him and Maury are like Batman and Robin, you know, I get that. I get your relationship, but at some point business sense has to take over friendship. It really does in this case, because yeah. if not, you're going to be behind the eight ball for the next three to four years. Right. Yep. I, I just feel I said this to you yesterday, Derek, and I'll I'll say it again. I just feel doomed here with this setup. Um, you know, I, part of it is the not knowing. You don't know who the coach is going to be, but but more than anything else, I just I don't I don't feel good about Harden. 
going forward. I don't feel great about Embiid going forward. And they don't have any money or draft picks. It's hard to get it's it's hard to see a a this thing in a positive light um right now for me. Really hard. And I can usually find well, a way to convince myself. With or without Harden, it's it, it looks like a doomed situation either way. Yep. But 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 you being the Philadelphia fan that you are, and Sixers fans in 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 general have to have to come to this realization. Are you, do you feel better doomed with or without Harden? Because without. either way, either way, you have nothing. You have no space, no wiggle room. You have mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. So it, you're basically status quo. M- minor tweaks, lower tier here, there, maybe. Hopefully you find an Austin Reeves, a diamond in a rough for one year. Somewhere, okay? Yeah. From the G League. Maybe you find a G League diamond in a rough. But outside of that, it is what it is. And I know not just we here on Sports Take, but across every platform that covers the Sixers, TV and radio, they're talking about the same thing. Podcasts, talking about the same thing. The dilemma the 76ers are in. The uncertainty of the head coach. And when you do get this new head coach, is he the motivator? Is he the right motivator to push this team to another level with or without James Harden? Yeah. And, and I think the consensus, consensus is like you. Let's move on without James and let's see where it takes us. And then we'll regroup next year and see how much we can improve this thing. But as of right now, I, I don't I don't want to see I, I'm I'm done with James Harden, you know. I, I, nice game. It's just that the, the 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 game that you play has run its course here in Philadelphia. For the money that you could command, it's run its course here in Philadelphia. Take your game, move on, and be happy in life. And, and look, the, it, it's not, it, it is complicated um, because the, the problem is with, we, even with the step back next year, if, if, you know, we're assuming that Harden leaves, the, the problem with the step back next year is what does that do to Har uh, to, to Embiid? Does Embiid then one out? And did you miss out on a chance to maybe move him this off season? You, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough thing, especially in that league, because guys get jumpy. They you know they're not looking to stick around forever. It's rare that no, you get like a Damian no. Lillard situation where he's no. or Bradley Beal where they just want to stay with those teams. Usually, guys say they want out if, if it's not working out. And and it's not not that a bead's only been here for five minutes. So you, you know what's next year going to be like his tenth year or something like that. He's been here a long time. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough call. They're in. A, that's what I mean by they're in a really precarious spot. Right now. Yeah, and I don't blame players for wanting to jump around and put themselves in better positions, win loss wise and financially. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, that's what the league is now. You know, as an athlete, you're nothing more than a commodity. You know, very few of you get to finish in the place you start anyway. So why not have more of a control in terms of where you can go and what you can do? You know, this opportunity, whether you're in a in a league two years, 10 years, or 15 years mm-hmm. is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to maximize your marketability both as an athlete and in the marketing field, commercials, uh, jobs outside of what you do in your prime profession. So I have no problem with that one. I owe it. it hurts when you're a fan of a certain team. You, you see this constantly happening. It hurts. You know, it hurts you because you don't want to see certain people go, but you have to accept it. You just have to hope that you have the right brain trust in the front office to make this the necessary and the right decisions to keep this thing moving in a positive manner. Yeah, because like we talk about, you know, you see teams 
and, and you understand you don't have to have all the talent in the world if you're built the right way and you have the right kind of guys. Um, right. He, the Heat are the perfect example. Now, Celtics did it differently. A lot of that was through the draft. A couple trades here and there, Brogdon and whatnot. But you, you, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. But the Heat are a great example of just finding those right people and develop, developing them once they get into your system. Right. And I do worry about that part of it, too. Like, where have all those kind of players been – What's Maury been here? Three years or right around three years? Yeah, yeah. We haven't seen a lot of that. You know, I mean, he, he did a really good job. I guess, was he was he here for the maxi pick? I believe he was. But, you know, we haven't seen a lot of that type of player that was, oh, he was in the G League or they developed this guy or he was on a two-way contract and look how much, how well he's playing for them. Like, there's been a few, like, B-Ball Paul's turned himself into a decent backup center as a second rounder, but not much else, frankly. <sighs> yeah. Um, how did it go so bad? How, how did it go so bad, Rob? We, uh, we we applauded the fact that they made all these changes last year. Yeah. Start off slowly, picked up steam, carried it into the playoffs. And yet they get to the second round and they hit that wall and it all unravels. The same players, the supporting role players, we applauded. Yeah. Okay. Were the same platter, uh, same players that unraveled when it counted most. Mm-hmm. And now we look ahead, questioning if those same pieces we applauded are the same pieces we're going to have to endure another season watching again. Well, I mean, look, look let's face it. Um, Harden, when you trade it for him, yeah, obviously you had to move on from Ben Simmons and, and you got a guy in here who was, who was hall of fame credentials, but you also knew he, he was bad in the, in, in, a, in a lot of playoff games, he came up small. You also knew that, um, you know, it, it could end poorly if things didn't go well. Now he didn't do any of that kind of stuff where he dogged it or any of that. Um, but as JM mentioned in, in the chat, you know, when beat is a, is a hard piece to build around too, you know, he's, he's a center, even though he can certainly hit, hit a jump shot, there's no doubt about that. But yep. he's a center in, in a in a league that's that's really wing and guard oriented now. So you have to you have to challenge. There's a challenge to building that around him. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so I think there's that. And you know the other problem is Derek. They they just we, it gets back to they haven't drafted well enough collectively over the years. You know Maxi is is fun as he is and as talented as he right, is has some right. limitations he doesn't play good defense uh he's not he's really i've got a point guard's body but he's not a point guard um pj tucker's so limited offensively and he's an older player tobias harris has has disappointed massively nobody liked that contract and they gave it to him i guess the my it, that's a long answer to it to a short question but i think it's a lot of different things and there's no bench help or at least very little are you surprised that there seems to be a growing number of people who are now saying, move on from Embiid? Are you at that point yet, or do you still want to give this organization a chance to build around Embiid a little bit more? I'm not a, I'm not at the point of uh, wanting to trade him, but I understand where people are coming from because their thought process is he's either going to be broken down when, when you get – through the 82 games or when you come to a really big game and things don't necessarily go his way, he's going to check out. And if that's the case, you're really ultimately just wasting your time. 
Like I get it why people feel that way. My only hope is, and this is nothing more than hope is that maybe this year serves as a wake up call to him that, you know, everybody questions your heart in big spots and he comes back with a vengeance in the playoffs going forward. But if you're asking me, do I think it's more likely that he comes up small in a big spot than comes up big? I think it's more likely he comes up small. See, I, I like Nick Nick 215 uh, comment where he says, if Denver can build around Jokic, Sixers can do the same. I, I agree. But the problem is they haven't done it sufficiently enough. How many years have we had, had an opportunity to build around and beat? And they haven't done it well enough to make the product better. It's been good. It's been, let's face it, yeah. it's been consistently good now for several years. But it hasn't improved to where you're getting closer to your ultimate goal. So what do you do now at this stage of Embiid's career? Yeah. Do you have to take two steps back and basically start the process again? So what what do you do at this point with him? Well, and I and I understand fans' frustrations why they want to move on from Embiid as well. I get that, but I don't know if it's the right move at this point because if you move on from Embiid, then you're really going to become one of those lower tier NBA teams, and fans are going to cringe at that. Me too. Like the the, the comp, I get the size comp because they're both centers with Embiid and, and Joker, but Joker's a, a much better playmaker for those around him. Um, and, and, and look, the, the, the Sixers don't have a Jamal Murray too. Let's be really clear about that. They don't, but Joker makes people, I think is, is a, is better at making players around him better than Embiid is. He's a point center. That's not Embiid. It's just not who he is. Not, it, it doesn't mean Embiid isn't a guy was a, the MVP, but I, I truly believe that Joker, it's a little easier to utilize him in this day and age than it is in beat a little bit. I think that's one of the differences. Well, I, I, I'm sitting here trying to be optimistic, Rob, but to be honest with you, I think, I think this team next year is going to be a middle of the road team, to be honest, to be honest with you. And they might, they might win 40 something games. They should. If they keep the exact same roster at the very minimum, they should win 45 games. But when you've, when you've been to the playoffs three consecutive years and you haven't inched a step, the first step is, is to build a team that can get to the playoffs. They did that. Next phase is, is to win around. They did that. And then all of a sudden it's plateaued now consecutively can't get past the second round. So the natural progression from a managerial standpoint is sit back. How do we make this product better? But the Sixers have put themselves in such a financial restraint. They can't go anywhere. They have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And you expect the fans to come out and pay good money. Parking, concessions, buying the team's jerseys, fill the arena. And you're going to put a mediocre product on the court again next year. That's what fans have the biggest problem with is there's no vision. I don't think if people are honestly being honest with themselves, there's no vision right now, and, and I'm one of them, of this team, as I look at it on paper, being a better team in 23-24. I also think, Derek, um, it, you know, I, th- I think this may be a loss that's hard to come back from. When you yeah, when you go yeah. when you go out like they went out and they've done this now for a few years, but this was like 
you know, prime time example of what we're talking about? Yes. I, I don't know, man. Like who, who, we're assuming they're just gonna be able to bounce back. I, I don't think so, Rob. Yeah, I, I don't think so, Rob. Um, there, there's too many other factors now. Other teams are going to get better, be more competitive. You're not going to be dominating certain opponents like you did this past season. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that we don't talk about is the health factor of Embiid. He's like walking wounded every other week. Yeah. Look at how many games he missed in the regular season. Look how he limped through the playoffs once again. Another knee injury. Is If it's not a hand, it's a knee injury. He's getting older, not younger. These little things that he had to navigate through become more profound every time you get older. And let's face it, my mindset is you're not going to have him be X amount of regular season games, and you got to hold your breath and cross your fingers and hope he can be there upright and breathing for the playoffs if you get in the playoffs again and be better health-wise than he was the previous three years. Right. That's asking a lot. Yeah, it is. It That's is. That's asking an awful lot. And, and, you know, like we talk about all the time, he's 30 going on 35. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, look, there, there. it feels like a lot of signs are pointing to getting out in front of this, making a move rather than waiting a year too long. It does feel like that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, Derek. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Daryl Morey's got a lot of work uh, in store for him. I will tell you that much, man. You're going to be earning his bucks this offseason. Mm. And, you know, the, the biggest thing is going to be the coach. You get Nick Nurse, I, I think you will um, – I, I think there will be people willing to give you some benefit of the doubt if you can land him. But if it's if it's, if it's a Mike D'Antoni, I'm telling you, it's going to be ugly. It will not be pretty. Oh, now I, I, I just picked up this, this comment from our producer, Tone. Now, this is interesting. I know you guys have your thoughts on Maxi, but I believe he can become the Jamal Murray to Joel Embiid. I'm willing to bet he makes a big jump going into next season. Ooh, I, I all right, I'll, I'll respectfully Jamal disagree. Jamal Murray, like, I, I just don't think he can shoot it. No. And, and and believe me, Tyrese really improved his shooting, but I don't think he can shoot it quite the way that Jamal Murray can shoot it, which makes him so unbelievable um i think that's i don't the, think he can take over a game the way murray can i, I don't either um yeah. and, and i love i love tyrese yeah, i do too i love his game his ability to drive at the accelerated oh, rate he drives at is second to none yeah the way he uses the glass the soft touch off the glass his ability to get a defender on his hips and just blow by him i love everything about tyrese maxi but i don't think he could ever be jamal murray to joel like joel i think of jamal murray sort of in the light of devin booker like in, in that sort yes. of, you know, yes. mode. And I, I just think, and, and granted, Max, he's only 22, but I think he's just a click below that, whatever that, yeah. that level. Yeah. And that, that's still pretty darn good. Like that's an all-star level player, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's just a click below that in, in my estimation, not far off, just a tiny little bit right now. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Let's, uh, let's hit some Phillies, uh, Derek and their comeback. And then we'll get into the Eagles, uh, coming up uh, Eagles and NFL at two o'clock. So we'll do all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. I'm going to tell you right now about pro action restoration, because if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property. And unfortunately you go through that pain, that inconvenience, and that just mental stress of fire, water, smoke, mold damage. You don't really know where to turn to. You don't know how to clean that up, who, who, who to reach out to. But I got the people for you to reach out to. 
It's pro-action restoration because they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. That means Saturday, Sunday, holiday weekend, nighttime, whatever the case may be, they're available to come out and assist you. I went through it on a Saturday and they got right out, cleaned up the problem. The crew was professional. The price was right. It was everything you would expect uh, out, of, out of just a first-class organization. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro-action restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, any of the above and then some, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, I want to read you a nice, uh, nice message that we got sent uh, from Brendan, who's a, a in the chat section, serves in the chat section. Uh, good, uh, strong follower of the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, he said, sports take is like two guys sitting in a bar chatting sports, comment sections of the people who come in to said bar and say, yo, D-Gun, yo, Robbie E, open up the sports tavern for three hours. And uh, he said, oh, and D-Gun, I can listen to your dulcet tones, read the phone book. Thank you, Brendan. Very nice of you. And you're muted. There you, you, you were so good. You were so, you were, you were on a roll, man. You were on fire yesterday. You know what threw me off? In the commercial break, I tried to scarf down some of this, Rob. You didn't do much damage on there. I don't know. This is the second one. I had two. That's the second second one. one. (laughs) The second one, I I wolfed that baby down. This is, this is the second one, man. Um, It threw me off my game, man. I was on a roll for two days. And, and, you know, I told you, man, it's a struggle, man. I'm talking to you. I know. I'm talking with the chat. And th- I'm smelling this f- good food sitting next to me. I got tacos sitting here, refried beans, Spanish rice. You're torturing yourself. See, that's oh. you, th- th- here's the thing. I know you, you're, you're think, your thought process is, thank you, Niners. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you, Niners. Yeah. Uh, so your thinking is, okay, when we go to the break, I got easy access. It's right there. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. Boom, boom down. Yes. Problem is, though, when you're sitting there trying to lock in on the show and you got the uh, the the good aroma of the food and the whole yes. nine, it can tend to distract you sometimes. That's that's exactly what happened. Okay, well, you got to stay focused. Yeah, we're right here, man. What? Let's go. Huh? I yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I, yeah, I hear you talking. Uh, I hear you talking, but this food keeps saying, "Degun, you're just ignoring me." See, I'm the, for this. I'm the angel on your shoulder, and yes. the food is the devil right now. Yes, and right now the devil's winning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hear you. I don't blame you. Uh, I think Stop I'd be it. listening to Stop it. it. Yes, it's, it, I, I hear you. Um, all right, little little Phillies. We mentioned it off the top of the show. Uh, so they were down 5 nothing in the game. Suarez didn't look good again. He's got a 982 ERA in his three starts. And something either – I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not sure he's fully right. I, so, I'll just say that. So this is his second start since coming third. back. Oh, his third start. Yeah. Maybe it's taken longer than expected for him to find his groove to get his mojo back. Yeah, it could. Uh, man. Um, but five innings, five hits, five earned runs, you know, 85 pitches, gave up a home run. Man. Yeah. Uh, you, if the starting pitching has been hurting bad enough as it is, right? You need Suarez to get back, get his mojo back in a hurry, man, because this thing's not looking good right now. You you lose two, you win one. You win two, you lose two. This is not going to get you where you need to go, where you need to be. Yeah, you know, I know. and, I and know. it's got to pan out. I'm st- I'm still sticking as much as I said yesterday. This is not a good team. I don't trust them. I still go back to what I said earlier in the week. Get past the month of May, and let's see June get here with that consistent warm weather for June, July, and August and see where we go from there. I'm trying my best. There's too much talent on this team. What we saw from Trey Turner yesterday is exactly what I expect to see from Trey Turner consistently. Even Bryce Harper is not not swinging with authority the way he has in the past. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder what to what degree the elbows affect him. He's not throwing the ball. He's just hitting. But still, you have an extension with that bat in your hand. And I wonder to what degree – He's pressing at the plate. 
as well. So I, I'm trying, Rob. I'm trying. I to know. I, like here, here's the thing. I was on. I was on WIP after the game. Okay, and I had. I would say I had more callers on my side of my my side of the thinking of this, but I'll, I'll bounce it off you. So I had a lot of people call up and say, you know, this is the kind of game that's going to get them going. Like, you know, they were dead and buried and they showed the kind of heart they showed last year when they, when they started, you know, getting on this run, this and that, I'm sorry. Like I'd like to feel that way, but I've been burned too many times. You know, they'll win. Like I'll give you an example last weekend when they took two or three from the Cubs, I'm thinking, all right, you know, roll that over into this week and, and let's get it going here. And, and it's happened like four or five different times this year where I thought, okay, this is the time. And, and it never seems to carry over. And the problem too is Derek, you put yourself in a really difficult spot because you're playing now it's real. Like it's Atlanta, right? It's the yep. Mets. Yeah. And not to say the Diamondbacks hadn't gotten off to a good start. They did, but still Atlanta's better. And you look at some of the pitching that you could potentially be facing here. It's pretty good. You know, like they're going to, on Sunday, they're getting Spencer Strider, who's his nasty yep. buddy in yep. the league. Uh, yep. You could potentially get Scherzer. Uh, you're going to get Scherzer most likely on, on Thursday of next week, too. And my point is, like, you're playing way better teams now for the most part. Um, and you haven't been able to, to string together consistent wins against mediocre to bad teams. So why I need to see it before I believe it. The good news is the Mets aren't that much better than the Phillies record-wise. They've had their issues as well. Yeah. The bad thing is Atlanta is that team in the division that we thought they would be. Yeah. And you've got to find a way to navigate this. Now, Arizona was a good young team. Yeah. They're a growing team, a, a team that's still finding its identity. They came in here and tattooed this team. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. They came in here and tattooed this team. So now you got professional professional professionals <laughs> in Atlanta and the Mets you're going up against next. To me, this is the – as the month comes to a close, this is a definitive stretch of seven games for this team. And even if they go four and three, to me, that's a positive sign. Mm-hmm. But if you go anything less than four and three over these next seven, that's a major problem. I know. That's a major problem. If you can't get more consistency out of Aaron Nola and from Zach Wheeler and Suarez can't get can't find his groove back, that's a major problem. Because if you look at look at the record, this is a this has been a team of streaks, ups and down all season long up to this point. Mm-hmm. There has been no consistency in anything. Hitting one day, pitching the next, pitching one day, hitting the next. The two have not complemented complemented each other very much this season, which is why they're low to Mendoza line record wise. You've got to find a way, and you you're playing now much better competition, as you said. You've got to find a way to level this thing out and have both entities complement each other a lot better than what it has been up to this point. Now, from an individual standpoint, um, again, this, the thought process for a lot of folks is the same way. That, it's the kind of hit that'll get Trey Turner going. I'm taking nothing away from Trey Turner. It was, it was a huge right. hit. And it's a hard thing after you have a terrible at bat to just block it out and do what he did. It was great. Okay. But same thing. Same thing with him with the team. It hasn't been there all year for you. No, I, I'm no. not. I'm not going to all of a sudden buy into one hit, and you're going to get going. I think it's easier to get on that plane. Everybody's feeling a lot better. It's a big sigh of relief, kind of thing, you know, flying out to Atlanta last night. But sorry. And the other thing is, 
that was a garbage pitch. Derek, that was a slider that had yeah. no movement yeah. on it. And yeah. frankly, Trey Turner did exactly what he should have done with that ball. And and he yeah. did it. But he still. turned on it. Yeah. Yeah. But see, the fact that his previous at bat, he's swinging at, at, at a ball that bounced in the dirt yeah. before it got to the plate. Yep. It tells me that he's all over the place now. He's pressing so much now, you know, that there's no consistency in his swing at the plate because he's trying to do too much because of the money he was paid to come here. Mm-hmm. I get that. But at some point, you got to find that level, that balance that got you that $300 million to come here. Mm-hmm. That's the Trey Turner we're waiting to see. Luckily, there's a whole lot more baseball in front of you than behind you. But right now, I'm not there yet. With hitters, one hit does not change everything. It has to be a certain – got to have three or four games consistently where you're spraying the ball all over the field before I'm going to say, okay, he's out of that slump. Right. Because he can do the exact same thing over the next seven games against Atlanta and the Mets. Mm-hmm. One good at bat, four bad at bats. Two good at bats, three bad at bats. That's not it. No, it's it not it for this. It is. It is. So it. standings. Here's here's where things sit right now as they take on Atlanta. Atlanta's at first. Atlanta's thirty and nineteen. Um, they won yesterday. Uh, the Mets have lost two in a row. They're they're at five hundred, but they're in second place right now. They're five and a half back of Atlanta. Then it's the Marlins who are five and a half back as well. Then it's the Phillies. Phillies are twenty three and twenty six. So if you remember, they were twenty two and twenty nine when they fired Girardi. So uh, they're not really far off of that, that mark. So we'll see if they can get it together. The encouraging thing is I was looking at the wild card standings. Yeah. Do I think the Diamondbacks are going to keep winning at a 580 pace? I, I don't. And they have good no. young talent, but I yeah. don't. Pittsburgh's really come back to earth after a great start. They're, they're only a game above 500 now. Um, you know, and then you're going to be battling the likes of the Mets and, and probably the Giants, et cetera. That third wild card changes a lot. Like I, I, I still think they're going to be okay, even though I don't love the way this has started. Um, and I'm, I'm tired of hearing it's early, just like Bryce Harper is. But still, I, I think they'll be okay. I don't. What, but what is okay? Yeah, I mean, is okay. What, just, what is okay? You get in the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. That's not good enough. Not good enough. And, and and if that's the case, the money you spent to shore up the the pitching staff and and, and to improve the hitting the lineup, it, yeah, is it money well spent? Well, no. Or it's was not. it was it money well spent? You you paid Trey Turner what you paid him, and and the other well, uh, Taiwan Walker and some of the other great the Gregory Soto trade. You did those things to win a World Series. You got the Game Six of the World Series. Mm. You, you did that to win it. You didn't. You, you didn't. It's not even a Sixers thing where you got to get past the second round. This team has to win it if you want improvement. Period. Oh, there's no, there's no question about it. You know, we we talk about how mediocre, um, supposedly the National League is, but what does that say about the Phillies? They got hammered by the Dodgers. Dodgers are eleven games over five hundred. They just got hammered by Arizona. Arizona's eight games over five hundred. They got hammered by the Giants. The Giants are one game below sea level. So if the whole the entire National League is mediocre, what does that say about the Phillies right now, who is who are three games below five hundred? Yeah, less, less than. You see what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and these other teams are scoring more runs than the Phillies are as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I understand what Barbara Carroll is saying, but if they're that mediocre, when you have a lineup and a roster like the Phillies, it should be a whole lot better than what it has been. 
Yeah. You cannot use the injuries as an excuse because they still have way too much talent on this team to be where they are right now. I agree. And and look, I think everybody wears it. You know, um, Rob Thompson can't go out there and make Trey Turner get back to being Trey Turner, uh, you know, ultimately, as, as much as they're, they're yeah. working on that. Um, but are there things that he could possibly be doing behind the scenes that would reach these guys a little bit better? I think it's a fair question because let's I face agree. it, if, if any coach or manager, Derek, started this way with the talent and expectation that this team had, we'd be on them. We would. Like we'd be killing Nick Sirianni if it was a, if you were I don't know how many games would it be only be three or three games in right? yeah but we we would be on him if they were one and two or zero oh and three yes. uh, you know we we beat Doc Rivers up pretty good so Rob Thompson's fair game I'm not again I'm not blaming him completely but he is fair game for this I I agree hundred percent I mean you know look at the pedestal we put him off for what he did with his team last year you have basically for the most for the most part you have the same collection of guys. You've added some improved pieces where you needed to, you know, kudos to the front office, but you haven't put it together. They keep making the same mental mistakes in the field. Yep. Booting balls they shouldn't boot. Miscommunication. Not just one, but a whole collection of guys are swinging at bad pitches. The the runner in scoring position stat is just mind-boggling what this team is. Now, you 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 look at a team like Arizona. They're running runners in scoring position Stats for this series wasn't great, but yet they pushed enough runs across the plate in key situations to get two out of three from this Phillies team. Yeah, and the Phillies, the Phillies in their own backyard have got to find a better way to be more productive when it comes to runners in scoring position. That has been the biggest stickler for me is that how can they be so bad pushing guys across with this lineup, and even the guys at the bottom. When you start talking about Clemens and Baum and guys like that, those are guys that are good hitters. Yeah, they are. You know, they're, they're not, you know, there are a lot of teams that, that front load their, 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 their batting arsenal, the top four or five batters, are mm-hmm. the key to your success. Yeah. This Phillies line of one through nine can hit. I know. I know. It is. It's frustrating. There's no doubt. It is frustrating. All right. Let's uh let's switch gears. We're going to do a heavy NFL in a little bit, but I want to hit you with a couple NFL stories before we uh, before we get into our NFL segment. So come turns out Jimmy G, Derek, underwent surgery on his injured left foot after signing as a free agent with the Raiders in March. Uh, He signed a three-year, $72 million deal on March 17th, Um, though the introductory news conference was delayed uh, a day at the time. Josh McDaniels on Thursday wouldn't get into the specifics of this thing, but he went underwent a procedure only saying there were no surprises and the QB would be, would not be on the field for the start of OTAs. Uh, He did allow that he might not be able to start the beginning of training camp. You know, Garoppolo's okay. He's fine. He, he's a fine quarterback, and he, he doesn't kill you with turnovers or any of that, but and he's hurt a lot. Like, if I'm the Raiders, you know, got a lot backing on this guy. It, 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 how did the Raiders' medical staff miss this? I don't know. See, that that that's a key in terms of bringing a guy in like that. How did somebody in their medical staff or training staff miss this? He's losing a lot of valuable time getting acclimated to a whole a whole collection of pass catchers. I mean, you know, you look at you look at Devontae Adams, um, the chemistry he had, not just with Aaron Rodgers, but with his boy Derek Carr, because of their days together in France. You got to get that chemistry down, man. And now you're talking about missing a, a, up to a part of training camp. Yeah. You know, 
that's going to that's that, that does not bode well especially for a Raiders team that many expected to do a lot better than what they did last year and Josh McDaniels has some answers as to why it didn't when you had the weapons you needed to be a much better team and it didn't pan out that way mm-hmm. now your frontline quarterback may not be there at crucial points of the offseason that's yeah. not good not no, good no it isn't all right your boy uh Zach Wilson the, uh, the, the my Milf boy Hunter. Yep. The MILF hunter himself, uh, his brother, Isaac, Isaac Wilson. Uh, is he dating older women too? I don't know, but he, he okay. is a, he's going, I guess he's going into his senior year. He is committed to Utah university. Mm. He is an unranked four-star quarterback at a corner Canyon high school in Draper, Utah. Uh, he was a three year. His brother was a three-year starter there, Zach. Uh, before he went number two overall in the uh, in the 21 draft after coming out of Utah. But uh, his brother Isaac is six foot 185, threw for 3,700 yards, 40 touchdowns, ran for 695 and five touchdowns. He had offers from Arizona, Arizona State, BYU, Miami, and Oregon. So he is headed to Utah. Isaac, don't let your personal life get public. That's all I can tell you, brother. That's yeah. all I can tell you. Don't yep. listen to your brother, whatever you do. Stick to football, my man. Just and hope, hopefully you play a lot better than your brother did. We'll see. He, yeah, I mean, his brother did get paid. I, you know, brother I, got paid. Brother I, duped I, a whole lot of people. Yes, he did. Uh, all right, we talked about this. Former Temple Al, longtime Denver Bronco kicker, Brandon McManus, yes. was released by, uh, by the Broncos earlier this week. He has been signed already. The Jacksonville Jaguars have signed him up. Not surprised one bit. Yeah, he, he's – Good kicker, man. He, he'll he'll they'll do well for them. They released uh, Riley Patterson, who was their kicker, but uh, he made almost seventy eight percent of his field goals last year. Uh, first time since twenty seventeen, he made less than eighty percent uh, mm. for his career. He's an eighty one point four percent guy with uh, in in nine years total. So uh, he is headed to Jacksonville. Is uh, is McManus good? Good signing. Good signing. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I haven't heard anything further other than the jets worked out Matt Ariza yesterday. Uh, we'll see if the Eagles have any interest or are going to do anything to add, uh, to that punter situation. So as of right now, we're not hearing anything uh, on that front, which is kind of strange, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I know, I know Ariza wants to get back into the league in a worse way and restart his career, yep. especially considering what he lost last season. But if he's smart, don't take the the first offer that comes your way because it was obvious in the limited amount of times that you were able to showcase your skill. The dude has a booming leg. He has a howitzer for a leg. You know, other teams are going to come calling. I would try to sit and wait and play some of these teams and see how much I could get to recoup of some of the money that I lost. Yeah. Um, I You know, Devontae Adams has had a lot to say uh in his his tenure there in vegas now um he was saying the other day that you know he didn't need aaron Rodgers to be an all pro but the other thing that he did was he really vented uh, about the raiders direction and mm. how he doesn't believe in he didn't believe in where they were going um and josh mcdaniels was asked about that and he said you know i i respect the hell out of anything that he would say or suggest um you know, during the process of trying to improve our team, I know where Devontae stands. He's a competitor. He wants to win and really his sole focus on, is, uh, is on doing this every day and getting better. 
you know, look, hard to argue that last year wasn't a mess for the Raiders. So I don't, I don't know that you're, it makes a lot of sense to have a lot of pushback there on some of his comments. You hope it doesn't get crazy with Devontae Adams, but he really wasn't saying anything all that out of school. No, he wasn't. And when you put up the kind of numbers he's consistently put up in his career, you know, he has a little bit more leverage to say what he wants to say uh, more so than a lot of players. When you've played with an Aaron Rodgers and you've had success, consistent success at that level, you want the same thing. And now he's looking at, you just mentioned, not getting on the same page with his quarterback. You know, it's one thing to sit and look at film together. It's another to get out and get a feel for the timing, the back shoulder throws, and get a timing for when you're going to release the ball to your guy once he makes his break. And Devontae Adams is the type of receiver where you don't you don't just hit him on his first break. This dude is so deceptive in terms of what he's going to do. There's a mental timing mechanism that has to be worked on. And if he can't do that with his frontline quarterback, I'm sure it's frustrating the heck out of him. And I also believe that he felt going in that the Raiders had a nucleus to do a lot better than what they did. They had a losing record. I mean, seriously, as mm-hmm. as as bad as that defense was, their offense should have been a lot better. The offense had moments of greatness, but it never leveled out to a consistent level. And you're right. Devontae Adams is all about winning. He got his money. He's all about winning now. He's with On paper, this Raiders team looks like he can do some damage, but it didn't pan out last year. And right now what he's saying basically is, I don't know if we're going in the right direction right now, And to be honest. I don't, bl- I don't blame him one bit. No, I mean, look, I think it's – the perception versus the reality. The perception was he was going there to play with his buddy, his college buddy. This was going to be a high, you know, potent offense with him and uh, Waller, who's now with the Giants, and uh, Renfro, who's a possession guy. Josh Jacobs can run the ball. We're going to put up a lot of points. And the whole year was a mess. You know, they were a mess across the board. And now he, you know, he's staring at the prospect of a new quarterback. Uh, you know, they're doing things a little bit differently. They've they've made some trades and, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I think he's. You know, probably how it was expressed to him is is nowhere near the way this thing went. So he's probably a little ticked off. You know, plus he's he's been around for what ten years now, and he knows he's not going to play forever. So he wants to win it. You know, when you look at his individual numbers, you go, man, this dude can't complain. He had a hundred catches. Yeah, he had fifteen hundred sixteen yards. He averaged over fifteen yards a catch. He had fourteen touchdowns. The total yards, receiving yards, was the second best of his entire NFL career. Yep. His yards per catch, the best of his NFL career. His touchdown catches, second best of his NFL career. But from his statement, it's not about the individual numbers. It's about the collective direction we're going in. Now, for him to make that comment, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be a behind, or I'm sure there already has been, behind-the-door meetings between him and Josh. Because when your star player speaks out like that, he's not the only one who's thinking that. You know, players talk. And if he starts to say it, and if things go bad quickly this upcoming season, (coughs) more and more players are going to voice their frustrations earlier, which is not conducive to trying to keep these guys as a cohesive unit to get better, you know? So you got to be careful because once a, a veteran speaks, that opens the door for everybody else to chime in because 
if he says it, why can't I say it? Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you. And, that's, agree. When a, and that's when a coach that's when a coach loses mm-hmm. his authority in a locker room. All right, we come back full blown NFL. Part of what we're going to do is NFL quarterback storylines. We'll tell you how many different teams Josh Johnson has played for. Um, Patriots are in trouble again. What a shocker, Derek, that they're not uh, upholding. Oh, no, not the Patriots. They're not playing by the rules. Really big surprise there. Uh, a lot of other things. A little real estate. We'll get into that also. When we come back. You don't want to go anywhere. Trust me when I tell you that. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face. So if you have any type of issues in your tree, in your yard or your property, there's just a quick phone call away, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal and stump grinding. Now keep in mind, we got, we're having some really good weather right now. It's a great time to have them come out and evaluate your trees before we hit the summer with the winds and the rain and everything else that goes along with it. All right, go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work or more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call, 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. 
United Healthcare. Number three of the program, Sports Stake, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. A reminder tomorrow, uh, Gunner and 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 folks, we will have Adam Kaplan. He will be joining us really right out of the shoot tomorrow. So, we'll- oh my, my bad, bro. I got it. Um, I got a text from Adam. He had to cancel until next week. Uh, he had a schedule adjustment. My bad for not no, telling you that. No worries. All yeah. right. He had a, well, yeah, he had to move it back. He had a canceling uh, snaf- snafu. Yeah, and he said, "Degan, I apologize to you and Rob, but I, I'll get you next week." I said, "That's cool, no All problem." Oh, okay, all right, uh, but we'll be with you tomorrow. Uh, e- either way, I- I'm uh, I'm playing a doubleheader tomorrow, Derek. I- Are I you? Be- I will be hosting Birds 365 with John McMullen in the morning at 8 a.m., and then I'll be back with you at noon for our usual spot. Man, you gonna have any juice left? Are you kidding, man? Uh, I always have juice. Yes. But uh, yeah, doubleheader. Ernie Banks. Let's play two tomorrow. Yes. Um, all right. So a couple things. One, I know we're all going to be shocked by this. So the Patriots apparently broke some rules and they have no. had to forfeit two of their OTAs today and one next week. I can't believe that Bill Belichick and that upstanding crew that they have there did no. something that wasn't above board, Derek. No. It's shocking. No, every team stretches the limit. I believe the Patriots are now one of like six or seven teams over the last few years that have been penalized for doing something above and beyond the call of duty, which has cost them OTA time. Yeah. But because it's the Patriots and because of their history with, you know, Spygate and all this stuff. Um, it's magnified a little bit more. Yeah. So the Patriots getting caught with a hand in the cookie jar. No, I'm shocked that the <laughs> Patriots got caught. Yeah, we don't know what the violation was right now, but we just know there was a violation uh, of some degree. So uh saw that one. Um, a couple other odds and ends. So I, I thought this was interesting from Lamar Jackson. So the, the Patriots, the Patriots, the Ravens have a new look offense that um, – you know, they, they, they hired Todd Monken who came over from Georgia as a new offensive coordinator and, and Lamar Jackson was back at OTAs or at OTAs yesterday. And they asked him what this thing was going to look like. And he said, more passing, less running. Mm -hmm. Now I think as he gets older and you want to try to have him evolve, I think that's the smart way to go for sure. But I also do think there's a line where you don't want to take away somebody's greatest attribute, too. You got to be a little bit careful with this one if you're the Ravens. Yeah, but you know what? His greatest attribute is what cost him the latter part of the season. True. And sometimes you have to protect the player from himself. And as much as he's a du- that dual threat quarterback, having him throw the football more enhances the probability of him being available for more games and not missing five or six games like he missed last year, mm-hmm. especially at the crucial juncture of a season. And let's face it, he's singing the praises of this new look offense. 
Now, obviously, you got to see how it pans out. You got to implement it on the field. But I think this is something he's wanted for quite some time, to have to rely on his legs less and his ability to deliver the ball more. So if he's happy, then hopefully everybody else around him will be happy as well. He's got the arm strength to to, to, to make any throw. Mm-hmm. That's not a question. It's just that his ability to become the tr- a true passer has been overshadowed by people being more wild by his factor to be Houdini. Avoid right. a rush, step up, and take off, and kill people running for real estate. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, look, I, and I think it was it was a natural progression, you know, to 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 evolve to this. It's not to say you're going to take it away completely, but to evolve. All right, hey, this is nice from uh, Tyler. Girlfriend for my birthday and Father's Day, which are weeks apart, she got us tickets to the Jets Eagles game. I'm pumped. Never been to a football oh, game. Oh, okay, nice. Good work. Good work I, out of I, your uh, significant other there. I hope they're I hope they're good seats. Uh enjoy the experience. It's it's gonna be a great game. You know, Jalen Hurts and Aaron Rodgers. Uh um get ready to spend some money. <laughs> Beverage, yeah. food, oh yeah, parking trinkets, parking. Unless you're taking public transportation to get there. Get ready to spend some money, man. Well, but- this, yeah. Well, here's the good thing, right? And the game's in North Jersey. Uh, October fifteenth will still be nice weather. Yeah, you're not you're not going to be freezing. Yes. So at least there's that. You know, you get that going for it. You're not going to be sitting frigid uh, at that one. But that that'll be cool. You'll he'll have fun. That game is is so much more interesting than it could have been. You know. Oh my goodness. Oof. What are you feeling about him? About Rogers there. It's a great fit for him. It's a great fit for the organization. I think he's going to get what he wants because he's already spending a lot of time with his buddy, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, formalizing his offensive input into this offense. It's an offense that's going to cater to what he does. It'll be more so what Aaron Rodgers wants to do more so than what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do. But when you look at who he's throwing the ball to, to from wide receivers to tight ends and who he's handling, uh, handing the ball off to, you couldn't have picked a better scenario for Aaron Rodgers. You didn't send him to Houston. You didn't send him to Chicago, you know, teams that are still rebuilding. You sent him to a team that has been built over the last couple of years to win now. The only thing missing was a quarterback, and he is that quarterback to take this thing to the next level. And that's why I think if he comes together quickly that the Jets are a team that's going to be pushing Miami and Buffalo for supremacy in that AFC East. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's look, he, um, he got his wish. He's at a place he wanted to be, but it, it is not going to be easy. It is not going to be, I mean, even, even the teams that may be down like new England are still, you know, could potentially be good. So I think it's going to be a challenge. Miami, if two, like you said, the two is healthy. And yeah, it's going to be a hard division, you know, for sure. And then there's Buffalo. Um, all right. So uh, beyond that, um, just to kind of hit a, a couple different things. You, you, you alerted me to this, Derek. Um, Josh Johnson, speaking of Ravens yep. and, you know, getting back to, uh, to Lamar. He's now played because he's, he's signed back with them. He's 37 years old with Baltimore. He's played for 14 different NFL teams. Yep. An NFL record, 14 teams. 
on top of that, what USFL, AFL, XFL. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I to me, this is a test. He's probably made enough money that he that he could be in nice nice shape in his life. Oh, absolutely. This dude loves football. Yeah. This guy loves playing football. Good for him. How many times has he had, has he had doors shut on him, where where somebody's like, dude, just hang it up. And this guy just keeps coming back. I love it. Well, career-wise, he's never been looked at as a frontline quarterback. But he's thought well enough of that people like having him as a security blanket in situations. Yeah. He's not going to win you many games, but he's not going to hurt you a whole lot in games. He is the consummate professional football player who to me right now doesn't even think about any other options outside of the game. When you've bounced around as many times as he has, and I'm assuming that's got to be taxing on your family as well, man. Oh, geez. Yeah. You know, to be, unless you just tell your family, Hey, I'll see you. I'll see you in bye weeks in the off season. Right. You know, that's a, that's a lot to ask your family to go through bounce around the way he has. That's like being in the military in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But kudos to him for sticking it out, to seeing how much more he can get out of the game, for seeing how how many teams still have interest in him. And obviously they do because he's about to hit his 15th team in Baltimore. You know, so, you know, God bless him. You know, we always talk about the quarterbacks who stay with the same team 12, 14 years, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, you know, but for a guy to bounce around and not be frustrated with the game, I think he's looking at it as this. This game continues to give me more than I get out of it. The joy of being in the locker room with a bunch of guys, being in a huddle, being on a practice field, putting on a game jersey, and being a professional athlete for one more year. Every year for him is one more year that he gets to do this. And if he can ride it out, you know, who knows? Three years from now, we can still be talking about him playing for his 18th or 19th team. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't put anything past him. Let's put it that way. Uh, that's for sure. But pretty cool. Pretty cool there. This is another one. This is another one of your gems today. Uh, Stan Kroenke, who owns the Rams. By the way, he oh. is he is not a well-liked man in St. Louis. I'll just well, – no. that, that's for sure no. when, with the way things went there. But anyway. So, Gunner, correct me if I'm wrong here. He's won yes. – he won a championship with the Rams in, in – 2022. Yeah. It was the 21 season, but 22. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Avalanche last year. Yep. He won an eSport championship in 22. Yep. His Colorado Mammoth lacrosse team is in the finals. Is that what you, you told me? Yes, they are. They are um, in position to win back-to-back championships in lacrosse. Wow. Uh, good point by Dan. His first, Josh, Josh, Josh Johnson's first year was a 08. Tebow's was 2010 in a first rounder. Who would have thought he'd last longer? It's exactly yeah, really. right. Isn't it That's true? a great call. Um, and then lastly, he also owns a piece of the Nuggets. Yes. Who are in the NBA. This dude's on fire right now. So since January, since February of 2022, with the possibility of the, of the Nuggets winning an NBA championship, and the possibility of the Mammoth winning another lacrosse title, he could have six championships under his belt in in less than two full years? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Less than two full years. Six championships. And on top of that, Rob, 
He owns the Arsenal in the Premier Soccer League over in Europe. And that team's about to finish in second place in his division and move up to a better division next season. My God. You're talking about sports gold right now for a guy? Yeah. That's not a bad haul, man, when no, you think about not. it. Yeah, he's doing yeah. pretty darn good, man. That is it, for it, sure. It certainly isn't just Josh Harris. That's for sure. Uh, no. Uh, how, about, <laughs> how about this one? So Jalen Ramsey in the offseason got dealt from the, from speaking of the Rams from the Rams to the Dolphins. Okay. He yeah. took his took his talents to South Beach. Selling his LA area home for 14 plus million dollars. Mm-hmm. My man was living pretty large. He bought he bought the house in uh 2020, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, 2020 from Howie Mandel. Just three years ago. Okay. For 9.5. This house has six bedrooms, 10,000 square feet, a movie theater, a bar, a wine room, a gym, a sauna, a basketball court, and a pool, a pool and a guest house. And the thing is, yeah, he's got that house is in the perfect market because Houses, people don't blink paying 10, 12, 14 million for a house in the LA mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. when you go to certain areas. Now, if he had that house, let's say somewhere like Buffalo, Denver, might take him a little longer to sell. I don't think he's going to have that house long. He's going to make a nice $5 million profit off a house. Think so? You think he'll get that years. much? Wow. I think he'll get, I think at the very least, at the very least, he'll get 12 and a half for it, which means he'll still make a $3 million profit off of it. It's I- not a bad investment. I watch a decent amount of HDTV, not yeah. tons, but I, I like to see, cause I really like just to see different parts of the country and world and all and, and where they do house hunters or yeah. I watch a lot of, a lot of it's based out of LA and, and for like shacks and granted they re- remake these things and flip them and they look great. But for tiny little houses, I mean, you're talking millions. It's crazy what the housing market is in that area. Dude, San Francisco is worse than LA. You oh believe that. man. A thousand square foot home in San Francisco starts at like eight fifty nine hundred. Who in the world is buying these places? I don't know. And I'm not talking about in in great neighborhoods either. I'm talking about in borderline neighborhoods. They're going for eight fifty, a thousand, twelve hundred square foot homes. And I'm thinking, dude, I wouldn't pay that if I had that kind of money. No, I'm not. You know, if I if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want at least eight to ten thousand feet. I'm going to be able to spread my wings. Yeah, being a part of the house where the family can't find me if I don't want them to. Crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. For that kind, and and the housing market is crazy. One of our co- one of our former colleagues, uh, Kelly Johnson, who used to cover the uh, the uh, Washington Commanders for uh, NBC Sports uh, DC, uh, she went out to to NBC Sports Bay Area, and uh, she got out of the business, and she's a full time real estate agent up in the Bay Area now. Mm. And I talked to her occasionally. She says you won't believe the numbers that people are getting for houses. I mean, small dinky houses that you wouldn't look twice at. And I'm like, man, I'm in the wrong business. I'm telling you. Being a real I'm estate telling. agent in California. Another friend of ours, um, Lisa Hillary, is a, uh, you know, who worked with us in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. She's a real estate agent in the LA market. And she's doing well for herself. And I'm thinking, man, why did I get out of this business? Mr. Calling, real- Derek. Yeah. Man, you know? I hear you. Uh, I know. I know. Um, all right, so let's dig into our quarterback storylines. Now, 
I think maybe we'll do rookies tomorrow, but okay. uh, yeah. this is we're going to exclude the rookies and we're, we're going to exclude Jalen Hurts because we always talk about Jalen Hurts, right? Yep. So a, a couple of the interesting storylines. I'm going to start with Russell Wilson. It was the worst year of his career by far. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he was, you know, it was Nathaniel Hackett who looked like he was overmatched and, and Hackett didn't even make it to the end of the season. And, you know, Wilson got a, went a little bit on an uptick after he got fired, but nonetheless, it was a disaster. Sean Payton comes in. Sean Payton basically lays down the law. You don't need five lockers. You're not, your guy isn't traveling with you. It's, it, this is, we're getting back to basics here, man. You're just like anybody else on the team. Mm-hmm. And, and to Russell Wilson's credit, there wasn't, at least in front that we know of, a lot of pushback. Right. Um, and there's, he's got some talent. He's definitely got some talent with the receiving core and, and whatnot out there. And they have a really good defense. In your estimation, do you think we see something near, maybe not vintage because he's getting up there a little bit, but does he get more back to the Seattle heyday Russell Wilson than whatever it was we saw last year? Russell has the perfect coach to get him back to where he needs to be in Sean Payton. And I think the AFC West is going to be that shootout we thought it was last year because of Sean Payton's presence with Denver. Sean Payton is so good at working with quarterbacks and getting the most out of quarterbacks and putting quarterbacks in positions to succeed, his his offensive structure. And I would say Russell could get back to that elite level under Sean Payton, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think out of all the po- possible coaches that could have taken that job, Russell – landed a gold mine getting Sean Payton there. Sean Payton is a no sense co- no nonsense coach. Not going to put up with all these little quirky antics. We're all about business here, men. We're here to play football. Look at the people around you. We have the talent to do a lot of dangerous things. And I think Sean Payton is going to turn that team around real quick and put them right in the thick of the playoff discussion in December. Mm-hmm. All right. I I, uh, I feel a bounce back there, too. I think that he's embarrassed at the way last year went. A- everybody sort of wrote him off. Uh, this is why they got rid of him in Seattle. That He's a prima donna, blah, blah, blah. And I think Sean Payton, I agree with you, is the perfect guy because he's going to come in and just gut it, gut it, and, and basically get it back yeah. and, and play to his strengths. And he's smart enough, coach. He's yeah, it's ideal. And Sean Payton's got a lot to prove. He, he, you know, he sat out for that year and uh, I think was very comfortable in the TV world, but Denver made him an offer. He couldn't refuse. And I think in part, he took that because of Russell Wilson. So uh, I'm with you. I, I like the way that's going to set up. All right. We man, for as much as we talked about it last year, we rarely bring him up now. Yeah. Deshaun Watson. This is a guy who hasn't played good football. He got, he got reps last year when he when the suspension ended, but he hasn't played mm-hmm. really good football a couple of years now, Derek. Yeah. A lot of inactivity. Um, and again, a situation where he he has he has some talent. There's no doubt there's talent there. Um does he round back into form or has it just been too too long since this guy's done it? Um, no, I think I think he has a chance to round back in the form and make Cleveland a really competitive thing uh, team. First of all, I think he's a much better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, and that's not saying a whole lot. Yeah, you're throwing to Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and Donovan Peoples Jones. Your tight end is David and Joku. You have a, all the weapons you meet, need. You know your running game. You have one of the better offensive lines in the game. 
you have one of the premier running backs in the game in Nick Chubb. And, and I think this is the year Deshaun Watson makes everybody forget about what happened to him down in Houston and focus on him as a football player. I think this is going to be a special year. I don't know if it's going to make Cleveland a playoff team, but I think Deshaun's going to get back to doing what Deshaun did down in Houston, which got him all that guaranteed money in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think if you're Cleveland, you had to have an inkling that last year was going to be tough. You know, it was just going to be one of those kind of years. This is where you need to see the payoff because Derek, if he doesn't get back to form, this is perhaps the worst contract in the history of sports, no at least question. in the NFL with all that no guaranteed question. money. You know, what was it? 246 million guaranteed, something yeah. like that. Ooh. They better hope he plays at a high level, you know, for sure, because it, it will be the end of Stefanski. The, you'll see massive sweeping changes there, but yep. if this, there's there's nothing you, you could better just hope because he's not going anywhere with that guarantee. No, heck no, no. All right. We kind of touched on Lamar, so we don't need to dip our foot back into that pool. I want to ask you about Justin Fields, um, who crazy rushing numbers last year in his defense, uh, had very little to throw to, uh, was a guy. I, I feel like he did what he had to do, which was take off with the football. That really wasn't his MO that much at Ohio State, but he no, was just kind of doing what he had to do. Uh, they, they've gotten him a, a few weapons here now. Uh, DJ Moore comes over. They've done some other things. Do you see him taking the step into from, uh, wow, what an athlete, to this guy looks like a quarterback? What do you think there? Yeah, um, Chicago, first and foremost, they needed to fix their defense, and they went out and did that. They spent money fixing the defense and bringing in some defensive personnel. Now, on the offense, he finally has a front-line receiver in D.J. Moore, and he's got a nice uh, complement of receivers as well. Darnell Mooney is a good receiver. You got Chase Claypool from, from Pittsburgh. Equimania St. Brown is not a bad receiver as well. And your tight end is Cole Komet. You know, so and, and Robert Tanyan, they just uh, Chicago took Robert Tanyan from Green Bay and Robert Tanyan is a solid tight end. So he has more than enough uh, weapons to get the job done. In this case, the offensive line is OK, but if they shorten up the passing game, he's going to be pretty good. Now, I'm not saying Chicago's going to have a winning record, but I think he'll improve. He took a beating last year. Mm -hmm. He had to use his legs out of necessity because he had nothing. Now he's got a better collection of pass catchers to take some of that pressure off of him of having to scramble and run around um, and try to pick up yards with his legs. So I think, yes, he's going to improve. To what degree? Way too early to say right now. Yeah. All right. I, I hear you. Uh, I definitely want to keep your eye on there. All right. This is right in your sweet spot here. Uh-huh. Jordan Love. Ooh. Uh, you know, they they finally make the move to to you know spread their wings a little bit without Aaron Rodgers. Uh they turn the reins over to Jordan Love. They give him an extension. Tell me where you're at with this. Uh do you think that this guy is the real deal? Will he be the real deal? Does he have enough around him to be the real deal? <sighs> Green Bay has been a very frustrating organization in terms of addressing wide receivers, enhancing the speed, and, and pass catchers in general. They put so much emphasis on drafting defense. They have they have seven former first-round picks on their defense. Wow. Yeah, and think about that. And their defense, for the most part, last season was a sieve. It didn't really settle down until later in the season. 
if there's one thing that Green Bay has done consistently well, it's identify that next quarterback. You know, since 1992, they've only had two prime quarterbacks. When you think about some teams have started 25, 30 different quarterbacks, Green Bay has had two quarterbacks primarily since 1992, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. When they drafted Jordan Love, people are like, what the heck are you doing when you needed so much, so many other things, especially in offense? But lo and behold, here we are again. It's like Groundhog's Day. They made Rodgers sit on the bench three years before they turned the reins over to him. He struggled in his first year, and then he became Aaron, Rod, Aaron Rodgers' lightning rod his second year. When Jordan Love came out of college, the, the scouting report on him was, has the capability to do similar things to Patrick Mahomes, you know, like the crazy throws, off-balance throws, things like that. Obviously, he hasn't had a chance to showcase that. Now it's his show. He's going to struggle. He's going to go through growing pains. Now, here's what I like. The coaching staff says the entire playbook is open to him. I think Matt LaFleur's offense was handcuffed because Aaron Rodgers didn't want to run certain aspects of the offense. Now I think you're going to see a more wide-open, versatile offense with Jordan Love under center. He's got some good young speed receivers. They weren't first-round draft picks. But Christian Watson is a 6'5", 4'3", 4'3", guy who can flat-out go. The Eagles got a taste of that when he took one over the middle and took it to the house. Um, And now Christian Watson is back. Romeo Dubs is coming back. So he's got some good young pass catchers. They drafted four more pass catchers, two tight ends and two more receivers. So this is a team that's going to go through growing pains. I think LaFleur is very good at developing a quarterback in this case. But I expect Green Bay to be struggling with Chicago to stay out of the basement in that division, as much as it pains me to say that. Yeah, I that does. That's got to hurt you a little bit. Hurts, man. A little, little, little sting. Looking uh, up to Detroit, Minnesota hurts. Well, okay, good segue. Jared Goff, Jared Goff had a great year last year. Yep. Surprised a lot of people. You know, a lot of people wrote him off as soon as that trade happened a couple of years back to the Lions. But to his credit, he really responded. Um, and, you know, you're talking about a guy who's got really nice players to, to you know, well, the, the backfield's going to look a little bit different. They got David Montgomery, but I'm on St. Brown, who's a stud. Yep. Um, you know, D, is DJ Chark, I think he's still there. Um, I believe so. He may have moved on from him. I don't know. Um, but TJ Hawkinson, who they um, who they traded away, they did lose him. That hurts a little bit. But they had some they added some weapons here. But he Goff ends up throwing for 4,400 yards. Yep. 29 touchdowns, just seven interceptions, and yep. had a 99.3 passer rating. So uh, are you believing that that is for real with him? Yes. Yes. He was only sacked 23 times the entire season, which means the offensive line did his job. And they have a very good offensive line in Detroit. They do. And I I expect Jared Goff to be more of the same this year, more efficient Jared Goff. You know, you're right. They have um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, Jamison Williams has been suspended, obviously. But you also have Marvin Jones Jr. You have Josh Reynolds. You know, you, you look at the running back situation for them now. They got, you know, Jamar Gibbs, David Montgomery. They, dude, this team is loaded. They're loaded. You know, and, and I expect them to put up 4,400 yards again this year. And I expect Detroit's defense to be better because of some of the moves they made and the draft picks they made. Um, I think Jared Goff is going to be right up there one of, as one of the top 10 passers 
in a game, and I expect Detroit to fully compete with Minnesota for that division title. Uh, I do too. I like Detroit a lot. Um, I, I think they respond to Dan Campbell. I think their defense is going to be better. I think they will score points again. Um, I, I think this is an extremely dangerous team. Uh, I like them a lot. Right, there's, let, let's, there's two teams that I'm going to enjoy. What well, three teams that I'm going to enjoy watching this year from afar, not as a fan, but just not as a fan of those teams, but just a football fan. Right. Miami, the Jets and Detroit. Same. Those yeah. three teams. Yeah, I'm curious with all of them. Yep. Um, you know, the, the shame of it is with Tua, you're just holding your breath every time. Yep. yep. All right, let, let's go to Seattle then. Um, because Geno Smith, very similar here, uh, in that a lot of people wrote him off. And, you know, to his credit, perseverance. Um, 4,200 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a 100.9, a 100.9 passer rating. And got, got broken off in the offseason. He got paid. You know, Pete Carroll said we're going to take care of him. They took care of him. He's back. Not only does he have DK Metcalf, but they they traded for or they drafted uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? Uh, I think they, they yep. drafted him. So he's got some weapons there, Lockett, etc. What are you thinking there? Are you buying Geno as the sort of the, not only does he come back last year and surprise everybody, he he stays on that path. Geno is a prime case of if you get in the right system, you can flourish. Gino had the type of success this past season that he's never had before. The man completed 70% of his passes, threw for over 4,200 yards and 30 touchdown passes and had a, had a rating of 100.9. Pete Carroll did an incredible job of, of, of getting Geno Smith to play high-caliber football. And now when you look at, at, at Seattle and what they have at their disposal, I love Kenneth Walker as a running back. You know, DK Metcalf is a beast. Tyler Lockett is that go-to shredded guy. And Jigba, they're adding him. They have Noah Fant and Will Disley as their tight ends. They have everything they need, man. Um, and I, I don't know if he'll complete 70% of his passes again, but I expect him to be very efficient. Geno doesn't make a lot of mistakes with the ball, and even at this stage of his career, he can still burn you with his legs also. He can step up and run. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not a part of his primary game like a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts, but he can hurt you running the ball as well. Yeah, and, and I expect Geno to be right up there again, being efficient in in Pete Carroll's offense, not making an abundance of mistakes, and putting the Seahawks in contention to compete for that division title. I think San Francisco, even with the quarterback issues, is still the premier team in that division. But I think Seattle is going to be right there, bird dogging them, pushing them for that title. With Gino uh, in the center. The the last one I'm going to ask you about is Kenny Pickett, uh, just for, for our purposes here. Now, played in 13 games, didn't start all those games. Um, early on, you remember it was Trubisky, and and, and he, you know, then he took over. Yep. Still threw for 2,400 yards. Uh, touchdown to, to interception ratio is not going to you know do anything for you. Seven touchdowns, right. nine right. interceptions, a 76 passer rating. This was a clear case of a guy really early figuring this thing out, and as the season went on, you know, started to show a lot more promise. Are, are you are you a believer in Kenny Pickett as that guy? Um, based on what we saw from him the latter half of the season, yes. Um, you know, he struggled, and rightfully so as a young quarterback for the most part. But he really turned it on the last several um, games of the season. And he's a significant reason why, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin's record is still intact of not having a losing season in 15, 16 years as a head coach in the National Football League. How much can he take his game to the next level? 
you know, it's going to be wait and see. But I like I like him. He's fearless. You know, he takes a beating, but he doesn't back down. Yep. You know, some quarterbacks get hit enough. All of a sudden, they curl up. They start seeing ghosts, throwing the ball too soon, throwing the ball away. Now, Ken, he stood tall in the pocket, knowing he was going to get hit and bounced up to live to play another day. I like I like this moxie, man. I just like everything about him, you know, in terms of being a leader in that huddle. Yeah. I expect to see improvement from him in that Steelers offense. I, I do, too. Um, I don't think he's going to, at least this year, go into that, like, second-year jump that you see, right. you know, Joe Burrow right. take and some of those right. guys. I don't think that's what he's going to be. But I think he, you're going to see that he's definitely their quarterback going forward. I think that's what you're going to see for Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's going to be right back there. And I mean, let's face it. They lost T.J. Watt for a good stretch last year, and that did them in. If he can stay healthy yep. – that's going to change things for them dramatically um, this upcoming year, because that's, he's the key to everything, um, you know, when it comes to them and they're, they're just, they're not the same without him. They, he's, he is just a total difference maker for them. Actually, I do want to hit you with one more. I lied. Baker Mayfield. Is that over? You, you, you done even giving that any kind of thought he's down in Tampa now in, in a situation without, without a ton. I think Baker is there to help Tampa Bay get a high draft pick next year and draft their future quarterback, plain and simple. I've never been a Baker Mayfield fan. Uh, he's energetic, exciting. You know, he went to the Rams last year and pulled out a couple of games for him. I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan. I think he's more hype than substance, you know, more so than anything else. I think he's done. This Tampa Bay team uh, defensively has a lot of cracks in it. The offense is going to be relied on a lot more. He's got some good. He's got a good nucleus of uh, talent to throw to down there. But I think that he does. Yeah, he I, does. Have that. I, I think Baker is too careless with the football at times and throws too many interceptions. Uh, I, I'm not buying Baker Mayfield being the savior to the Buccaneers organization. Yeah, and I, I just think bad timing. Period. Yeah, for him, yeah. you know they're it felt like they were being held together with like bubble gum and, you know, mm. duct tape last year with, with Brady. And now he's got to step into that situation. It's not, not an ideal setup. I think right. I, I the, the problem I think with Baker is after this year, he, he could be looking at just backup mode and, and yep. sticking around the league. I agree. Yeah. All I right. agree hundred percent. All right. Let's come back. Hey, uh, I got one more for you. Oh yeah. Good. Okay. So I've seen this report several times now over the past couple of days. It appears that Julio Jones wants to play with the Eagles. He wants to be reunited with A.J. Brown, his teammate in Tennessee, and, of course, play for an Eagles team that came that close to winning the Super Bowl. The story goes on to say that if if, if Julio can't play with the Eagles, he might retire. Would you like to see Julio in an Eagles uniform? Uh, If I get him at a a real cheap rate, absolutely. Absolutely. He's not the same guy, but but if I get him a cheap, yeah, uh, definitely. I don't love their their. I, we talked about their depth yesterday. It's it's Quez and uh, Alameda Zacchaeus. Yeah, there's not much else behind them. I mean, you get. I'm, I was looking at it yesterday, so it's like Devin Allen, yep, Britton Covey, Greg Ward, Joseph Nagata, and Charleston Rambo. Yeah, Ty Ty Tyree Cleveland. Jaden Hasselwood. You know, I, I, frankly, I don't know who some of these guys are. I agree with you. So, yes, I would consider it. I, I think he's definitely on the back end. 
but you're telling me that guy can't help you in some possession yeah. situations? Big targets, sure-handed. Yeah. Um, red zone? Red zone, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I have no problem with that also. Count you, me you, in. you put him in there with uh, A.J. and Devontae and, and Dallas Goddard. Yep. Got some size too. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. Being Goddard out there, and you know, yeah, mm. I, I would, I would look at it for sure. Um, but that doesn't surprise me that he's maybe considering retirement either. I mean, he's, it's been the last couple of years since he's bounced a lot, and he's certainly not the same guy. You know, that's for sure. And he's made a lot right. of money. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. Yeah. Interesting name. All right, let's come back more on our guy Michael Block, the PGA Tour pro. This uh, dude is unbelievable. He's living his best life. Uh, Brooke Ke- Brooks Kepka has been making the rounds. Uh, female golfer story you're going to want to hear as yeah. well. So we'll get into a bunch of that. We do have good birthdays, good movies for you. Uh, so don't go anywhere in our final segment of the program. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit the like button. Tell a friend. All right, time for to tell you a little bit about Razor technology all right it's because uh disaster recovery is critical here and when you're in the middle of an emergency it's the wrong time to wonder who is in charge and how to respond restoring malfunctioning systems rebooting complex servers reconfiguring applications bringing backups online and reauthorizing users all takes time and the longer it takes the more damage that a business is exposed to razor technology helps growing businesses develop a disaster recovery plan that protects all of their essential data. Razor ensures all your critical systems are backed up and that backups are regularly checked to ensure that they can be deployed at a moment's notice. Depend on Razor technology, your trusted IT managed service provider to save time and money on your IT and cloud services. Find out if your business is built to recover from a data disaster by calling Razor technology today at 866 877-3282-866-797-3282. 797-3282-866-797-3282 or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. 
And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. final segment of the program we will be with you guys tomorrow uh as we embark on uh memorial day weekend so we're all excited about that um all right so this is cool that michael block pga tour pro out of southern california who did so well at the pga championship this past weekend tied for 15th had a hole in one on 15 Derek, uh he has been offered fifty thousand dollars for the tailor-made club that he used the iron that he used for that hole in one um I, I know he he's debating what to do. He's not really sure if he if he's going to give it up, wait it out a little bit longer. Um, I don't know, man. That's a tough call. Like, do you do you wait? Somebody might offer you a little bit higher, or eventually people are going to say, "Who cares?" Uh, I don't know. You grab the fifty when you can grab it. What do you do? I wait and see if I can get a little bit more. It's, yeah. It appears that the PGA of America is hoping to display it in their new headquarters in Frisco, Texas. Well, if you want to put my club on display, how much are you willing to give up? Give me 50 is a nice number, but you know, considering I haven't won much money in my life, I need a little bit more. Yeah. Uh-huh. Can you give me just a little bit more? Yep. Wet my beak, please. Uh, yeah. You know, yes. so, yeah. I mean, you know, I might, I might give in at 75, 50. Eh, I'm <laughs> listening to you at 50. Yeah. Right. 75. I'm about to hand the club over to you. Yeah. And, uh, you give me a hundred. I will personally deliver it to your new headquarters in Frisco, Texas. <laughs> I like 50's got my attention. Let's put it that way. You got yeah. my attention. At yes. Yeah. I'm uh, asking the phone at 50. Yeah, exactly. All right. That'd be, that will be interesting. So the guy who actually won uh, the tournament and it was his fifth major was Brooks Kepka. He is a Florida native, Derek. And he has uh, mm-hmm. my man's making the rounds to, to all the playoff activity. Right. Well, he's got the money. He won $3 million for winning the PGA Championship, so it's not like – but, of course, now when you win it, everybody rolls up out the red carpet for you, so he's not paying for anything right now. Right. Yeah, he was at he was at a Heat game. Um, he was at uh, the Panthers – but I think – two was it two Panthers games and a Heat game? I think he was at, so, I'm pretty so, sure. So Monday he was at the Panthers-Hurricanes game. Yeah. Tuesday is when he went to the Heat-Celtics game four. Okay. And then on Wednesday, he's there to see the Panthers clinch their first Stanley Cup appearance in 26 years. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, he's a uh he grew up in Lake Worth, Florida. 
yeah. uh, Brooks yeah. Kepka. So that he, he's, you know, he's from that area, put his college golf at Florida state. So he's, he's very much a Florida guy resides in Jupiter, you know? Mm. So he, he is a fan of those teams. I mm. think he's not just a bandwagon jumper. So uh, that, that is interesting to, to see the way that played out. Now you, uh, you alerted me to this one too, which is great. <laughs> you, you may not know the name, Amy Olson, right? But she is a player on the LPGA tour. Yep. She's also six months pregnant, Derek. Now, yes. You would think at six months pregnant, she might want to just maybe table golf for a second, have the child in three months, whatever, or sooner, and then maybe get back at it at some point. Nope. Uh uh. She's going to be playing uh, in the Pebble Pebble at Pebble Beach for the U.S. Women's Open. Six months pregnant. Whoa. Whoa. Dude, you're walking 18 holes carrying that extra weight. Oh. Six months, you're showing. I wonder how much it'll affect your swing. You know, you're showing in six months. And you got to walk 18 holes I, as well. You're not riding golf court, just, uh, golf carts. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, what did she say? She said, um, uh, before giving birth, I'm going to waddle up there and do whatever I can. I, you know, more power to you. Great exercise. You know, I always tell pregnant women, get your exercise in, get your walking in. You yeah. Know, it'll help your back and all this stuff. But walking, you're not on walking just flat surfaces. You're walking up and down slopes, man. With six six months pregnant? Ah, I don't know. Hey, you know what? Kudos to her, but I don't know how she's going to do it. That's got to be tough, man. I mean, just one round in that condition. She's been on the tour 10 years, and she's only won... 2.6 million in her entire career. Right. But I guess the chance to play at the women's US Open was too much to pass up, even though she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, there's a prob- good possibility she won't make the cut, but just to say she did it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things to get off a bucket list, I guess, just to say you actually did it. God bless her. He's a gamer. I, you know, whew, that man. is for sure. Um, all right, let's hit some birthdays. You ready to do some birthdays and movies? Always. All right, let's do this thing. I got uh, a whole litany of them for you because yeah, it is the month of May. That's right. There, there's a good amount of both. Um, the movies, I will say this, our movies lately have been particularly strong. Like we've had a lot of good movies. Um, because it's May. I, got, <laughs> I keep telling you this. You're not listening. Correct. Uh, all right, Roman Reigns, yeah. the wrestler, is 38 years old today. Did you know he was battling? He battled leukemia for t- eleven years. I didn't know that until today. I had no <sighs> idea uh, th- to be able to keep up that schedule, that that Dude. physical demanding uh, profession. He eventually took a break, but then he came back, and now he's at the top of his his profession again. Yeah. I think what was the stat I saw about him? Um, he's the longest reigning WWE Universal Champ, and I believe he might be the Universal Champ again. You know, okay. even after going, but 11 years of battling leukemia. That's crazy. Woo! God bless man. him, man. Hope everything, you know, stays, stays good. Uh, Killian Murphy, uh, Irish actor. He's 47 years old. He's in a lot of stuff. He's very, very good. Very intense actor. Uh, uh, he Killian was great Murphy. in Dunkirk. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Among a lot of other stuff he's good in. Yep. Uh, Mike Myers, Mike Myers of uh, Wayne and Garth. Um the uh, among a lot of other stuff, Saturday Night Live days. Uh, geez, I mean, it, countless, countless stuff that he's been in. Um, and he's he's been he's good in everything. He kind of disappeared for a while. And now he's, I think, kind of made a comeback, Mike Myers, but he's 60 today. 
the actor Ian McKellen is yep. 84 today. You know, what a career he's had, man. He was Magneto in the X-Men movies. Yep. And he was Gandalf. Um, uh, he was Gandalf in the uh, Lord of Rings trilogy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, beyond that, Ali uh, Reisman, who was a an Olympic gymnast. Yep. Is 29 years old. Won cool. six Olympic medals. Uh, she was unbelievable. Um, incredible actress. Octavia Spencer is 53 today. One of the most recognizable faces when you see her face, you know exactly yeah, you yeah. Know, who, who we're talking about. Academy Award winner for the movie uh, Hidden Figures. Yeah, yeah, yep. which is a great Oh, no, movie. The Help. She got an Academy Award in the movie Yeah, the Hidden Help. Figures that is great, too. Movie. That yeah. was on uh, not all that long ago, and I yes. watched it again. She's awesome in that. Yep. True story, too. Um, the philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson yep. was born on this day in 1803. The puppeteer and voiceover actor Frank Oz, he was Yoda in in the Star Wars uh, movies, which we'll get to in a second, is 79 years old today. You know, he was also uh, Miss Piggy, the Muppets of the Muppets and the Cookie Monster, Sesame Street. Yes, he is. Yeah. He is. He's been around for a long time. He is a yeah. talented guy, man. He really is. Um, beyond that, we have Claude Aikens, the actor who did a lot of stuff in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. He was born on this day in 1926. Mm -hmm. It's a shame. This guy just died. He was a very good actor, Ray Stevenson. Yeah, man. He passed away really young at, at the age of, he was, I think he was 58, um, and he just celebrated a birthday, but he died last week. Um, Leslie Uggams, been around a long time, 80 yes, years indeed. old today. Yeah. Yep. She was, uh, she's been around since the 60s, 50s and 60s. Austin Powers was the other one. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Tony and Shrek for Mike Myers. Um, Brian Erlacher, the uh, Hall of Fame linebacker, 45 years old is Brian Erlacher today. Malik Willis, whose future I think is in doubt in Tennessee. I agree. Uh, after they drafted uh, Will Levis, so we'll see what ends up happening. He's 24. And Hayes, who just passed away not all that long ago, uh, sadly, in a, in a messy car yeah, crash. Yeah, car crash, yeah. Yep, she was born on this day in 1969. And she had a pretty tough life, uh, upbringing and whatnot. Robert Ludlum is the, the great author is, uh, was born on this day, 1927. Uh, Casey Jones, great basketball player and coach for the Boston Celtics was born on this day in 1932. You know, he won 11 of his, the dude won 12 championships. He won 11 with Boston. Incredible. Can you believe that? Incredible. And was, it was a heck of a coach too. Um, all right, that's all I got. You got anything else, uh, birthday wise? I have a lot of movies to do. Oh, my on. goodness, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, talking about Casey Jones, the only African American coach other than Bill Russell to win multiple championships that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see, going back, you have Dixie Carter, the singer. Okay, oh, no, 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 Dixie Carter, Actress. she played um, Julia Sugarbaker in Designing Women. I used to love that sitcom. Yep, yep, she was good. Yep. Uh, you have Ethan Supley, a Supley. Mm -hmm. um, he he's been in so many movies. Remember the Titans, the Butterfly Effect, the Wall, the Wolf of Wall Street. Forty-seven years old, Karen Valentine. Remember the old yeah, room two twenty-two. Yep, she was one of the teachers. She's seventy-six now, dude. Jeez, man, I'm shocked. Yeah, country singer Tom T. Hall. Okay, he's eighty-seven today. His nickname was the Storyteller. Right. Uh, let's see. You also have here. Uh, Kevin Heffernan uh, from the movies uh, Super Trooper 1 and 2. It's 55. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. <coughs> Former uh, heavyweight boxing champion Gene Tunney 
um, was a heavyweight champion from 1926 to 1928. Um, he was born in 1897 on this day. Bill Sharman. Yeah. 10-time NBA champion. Yep. You know, he's the first North American sports figure to win a championship as a player, a coach, and an executive. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. He won titles. Now, get this. He won titles in the ABL, the ABA, and the NBA. Damn. The ABA, the ABL was only in existence for two years. He won a title in that in that league first. Okay. He, and he was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame as a player and a, as an executive. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Ken, right. Kendall Gill. Remember Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill, good bat, good player. Illinois, and then he played yeah. for the Hornets and the Bulls and a bunch of other teams. Yeah. Yes, 55 years old today. Mm -hmm. He's also an analyst for NBC Sports Chicago, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, the great opera singer Beverly Sills was born on this day in 1929. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, linebacker for San Francisco, is 26. Uh, Rashida, the rapper, 41. Chris Young. <clears throat> Do you remember Chris Young, the, the pitcher, the, center, the, the pitcher Chris Young, who yeah. was the center at, at Penn, Prince, uh, Princeton, at Princeton, at Princeton. Yeah, he was the pain inside of a Penn every year. Yep. You know, uh, he's he's currently the GM of the Texas Rangers. Yep. He he really has ascended in baseball. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. He's forty four today. Okay. The great voice behind the mic, Lindsey Nelson, one of my um, all time favorites. Good one. Was born on this day in 1919. Mm -hmm. And Miguel Tejada, former shortstop, played 16 years in the majors, is 49 today. He had a good career, Miguel yeah, Tejada. Yeah, for sure. All right, good ones. Good birthdays. Good yeah. list. Yeah, we, we, Tyler, we mentioned Roman Reigns. Yep, thank you. Uh, he was the first one we mentioned, but I appreciate it. Um, all right, movies. Uh, man, the original Star Wars today, Derek. Two. 1977. Man. And then Return of the Jedi in 83. How about those? Boom, boom. You know, I'm telling you, yeah, pretty strong, pretty strong. Um, 1979 Alien, the original, yep. equally great. Pearl Harbor, which is good, a pretty good movie. I, I, I thought it was good, not great, I did too. solid. 2001, um, Crocodile Dundee, that's not a knife, that's a knife. That's 88, a knife. yep. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom, 2012. Men in Black 3 was, was also 2012. Back to the Future Three was 1990. Mm. Uh, Pirates of the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, 2007. 1967, Barefoot in the Park. What did I miss? Did I miss any? I think that's that's all I had for the movies. That's it. I got it. Oh, go. Yep. All yep. Right. I usually miss. I, I usually miss a couple. All right. <laughs> but they're they're all still pretty strong uh, for sure. All right. So uh, throw it back here. The the Phillies play tonight. They're in Atlanta. They start a four game series there. On the hill for the Phillies is Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola would pitch perhaps his, his best outing. Yes. Uh, the last the, time. Last outing, yes. Last time he pitched, he was great. Um, so they are going to really need him to carry that over uh, tonight in Atlanta. It's a 720 start. Then you have uh, Taiwan Walker goes on Friday. Pet peeve here, Derek. Uh, so you have Saturday Wheeler and, and yep. Sunday's TBA. Memorial Day Monday, the Phillies aren't playing. Can you explain this to me? Isn't that two years in a row now? Yeah, and last year also Fourth of July. I don't understand it. So they're playing a doubleheader in Atlanta? No, they're playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That oh, gets okay. you four, okay. but nothing okay. on Monday. They go to they go I'm to New stuck. York on Tuesday. I, I don't. I, I would love for Major League Baseball to explain this to me. How there isn't a game? Why would you not play a day game on Memorial Day? Well, you know what? I'm surprised. This is two years in a row. But Rob, think about it like this. 
now there's one less thing you have to focus on so you can enjoy the ambience <laughs> of having a day off, maybe grilling out yeah. and enjoying some good good food and good family time. There I you. got you. Okay. Good, good positive. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. you even let up and let your family order what they want if you don't yeah. put it out. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Uh, oh. All right. I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys are the best. We do appreciate it. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. Thank you. Thank you to our producer, Tone. Tone to Shields doing his thing. Tone. As always, getting it done. Uh, love it. Uh, Tone, thank you, my friend. Uh, back at it tomorrow, guys. Uh, same time, bad time, same bad channel. By the way, don't go anywhere. Coming up, you have three hours of power with Dan Cilio and the National Football Show. We'll rehash all the Philly stuff, all the Eagle stuff, all the NFL stuff, all the Sixers latest. We'll, if there's any updates on the coaching search, we'll also look back at game five between the Celtics and the Heat tonight as well. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for hanging out. We're looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. For Derek, I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. See you guys tomorrow. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.